And welcome to episode 106 of the Misanthropod. I'm Snipe, and as always, I am joined by the lovely Wib. Say hello. Howdy. And I'm also joined by the lovely and bodacious drummer Matt. Say that You know what? I really appreciate the attempt. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I apparently tried, but I'm not sure I did. <laughs> We're not going to redo that. Is that is 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 this what we I, are now? This now? is this is what the audience has come to expect of me. Frantically okay. laying out tra- train tracks ahead of us as we go. I mean, yep. like seriously, what else is new? <laughs> it is the wrong trousers of podcasts. Yes, <laughs> I know. I love that comment. It's like yes, that is <laughs> entirely accurate. That's perfect. How are you two lovely gentlemen doing this fine day? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Matt? I'm pretty good, Snipe. All the better for hearing your lovely voice. Oh, that's nice. Gee. <laughs> so, we don't have much to talk about, but that's not like it ever stops us before. Wibbleit, would you like to kick us off with being the person who has the most to talk about? I.e. the biggest dick in Big Dick Town right now. Um, in that I have consumed media. Yeah. What's that like? Uh, I don't like it. I'm going to give it up, actually. Yeah. I'm actually done with media. Um, I mean, I'll continue to create it, but like, yeah, I'm 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 done with watching it. Yeah, honestly, that's that's a fair fair statement. However, before I kick the habit, Mm -hmm. um, I I have watched and played some stuff. Nice. Wow. So first off, uh, played through on stream uh, with uh, Longfang. Played through Halo One. Oh, like, ye. in cooperative, oh, uh, which I've not played since about 2003. This... I've been meaning to play Halo a long time. So Halo, Halo 1 is the original Halo. It's Halo not like... Combat Evolved. Because it's confusing, because it's on Xbox, and Xbox One isn't the first Xbox, so, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, well, the... Well, I mean, to be fair, it was like, a, like, Halo was supposed to be a Mac exclusive for a long time. Yeah, originally. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It was supposed to kind of be, like, the game that breaks <laughs> through and says, hey, it's like, PCs aren't the only thing that can game, and, well, we see how well yeah, that Yeah, how'd that out. work out for you, Mac? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, Bungie did a bunch of uh, Mac exclusive games back they in did, the day. They did, they did. Was it like Marathon was their first big one? No, that's a candy bar from the 80s. Uh, that's a <laughs> Snickers. Um, well, it is now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, that, all, all these points are, are somewhat tangential to the point I was going mm. to make, uh, which is that, yes, I was playing through Halo Combat Evolved uh, Anniversary, which was... Oh, yeah, the, they did the remastered. Yeah, it was like an updated remastered version, so it has better models and textures. However, if you press tab, it flits back to the old textures. Oh, that's cool. Like Monkey Island. Yeah, uh, Halo 2 does it as well, but that also does it with the soundscape as well, which, and music, Ooh, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. Um... Now, apparently it's not very good when you play it on the old textures because there's a lot of like shaders and things missing, so it doesn't actually look as good as it should. Well, I mean, to be fair, it never, like, didn't, like, especially looking back, it would not have looked good anyway, so... I mean, Halo 1 looked really good at the time. Like, for a, yeah, a, for a console shooter, mm. it looked fantastic. That was most of what it had about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
But it was a really interesting thing to go back and play through. Because um, uh, I've always thought that, though I have never been like a Halo person, uh, like, you know, playing through it, um, all the lore happening at me, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't care about <laughs> Halo lore. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I, I I have like a finite amount of like franchises that I can care about the lore for, and Halo will never be one of them. Uh, but I do really enjoy it as a co-op game. There's something just really kind of simple about its system, and it, especially um, in the early ones. So I also a while ago played through Reach in co-op with Longfang as well on stream, and it's, and especially in the early ones, there's a certain like level of jankiness to them that makes them just really fun. Like you know. Hmm, I wonder if I can get this ghost all the way through this level by squeezing it through these things. And can I get it up this elevator? For a moment you know? there, I forgot that a ghost was a vehicle. <laughs> I thought you were talking about an actual, like, spectre. I was like, huh. I was, no, I, mean, I was not desecrating that's... the dead. Well, I mean, not you're not... that point, anyway. No, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, it, it's still, I still think it still holds up as, like, a, a co-op sort of, sort of thing. It's just... It's just kind of fun, I, I think, and uh, Halo 2, uh, the update on that is even better because I, c- I, I could never be bothered to actually finish Halo 2. I, I played through like the first couple of hours of it back in the day, like on the original Xbox, and my only memory of it, well, my only memories of it were, oh, hey, that bit with the giant beetle robot, that was kind of cool. Is that and... a bit of the warthog? What? Is there like a warthog section? That is there's a warthog hidden? section in literally every. I know, Halo but game. I'm sure there's one that's infamous. Uh, you probably think of the one at the it's the end of Halo One. Yes, that's what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, ignore well, me. That, yeah, <laughs> um, but there's two. The two that I remember is a, a giant sequ- a sequence with a giant like beetle robot thing that's kind of cool because it's kind of kaijuing its way through a city a bit, and that's <laughs> quite fun. And. That the texture pop-in of it is the most horrendous texture pop-in that the <laughs> mankind ever saw until the Unreal 3 engine became a mainstay. Shame. <laughs> um, like, it was distractingly bad. I mean, not quite as bad. I think the worst one of, like, model and texture pop-in I saw was in uh, GTA San Andreas, where it was possible to fly into a building that hadn't loaded yet. But... Um, but Halo 2 was really bad for it. And this modern version doesn't have it. So that's really nice. So it's not a true remaster. <laughs> they actually took And we out, should get really mad. Uh, they got like a, you know, for the modern one, they ripped out all the cutscenes and they replaced them with fancy modern CGI cutscenes. Like done to like, m- at the time, movie like quality. So you can oh, see nice. like all of the awkward hairy testicles hanging off the aliens. It's weird. <laughs> like, whatever the the people who, like, rule the Covenant are, because I don't remember the lore of Halo, I'm sorry, um, but the people that rule it, um, yeah, they all have, like... If, they, if they've been in the Covenant. Possibly. <laughs> um, but they have, like, the weird... No, 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 no. Well, maybe... maybe Arbites. Um, I, I, stop saying words. No. <laughs> uh, it's what I do. I know, I know. Uh, but I'm trying to remember a thing, so say all the random words being said makes it really hard to remember. Honestly, I like the version I've made in my own brain, so, you know, you do you. Okay. Um, but anyway, the the rulers of it, like, they have all these dangly bits, like, they've got weird <coughs> ear things, and they very much look like hairy testicles wow. in the, uh, the new <laughs> fancy cutscene. So that's wow. the thing to okay. look forward to if you haven't played it yet. Uh, but all this was recently released on PC, like, and so you can pick them up for um, relatively cheap and they're definitely worth worth kind of a shot uh halo is I, i've never really considered it to be a particularly 
groundbreaking game in like gameplay at a gameplay sense. It's just been a shooter that has some very fancy skyboxes and um, was hugely influential, like yeah. massively influential. So it's still really interesting to play on that front, even if I personally don't really feel it's particularly innovative in a lot of ways. I mean, it was definitely, it's kind of like, uh, you know how everybody loves Time Splitters 2? Yeah, yeah. It's I see it as kind of like that. Like I personally don't give a shit, especially because I was playing PC shooters and I don't really ever play mm. console shooters because I just it frustrates me because I know how good I am with a mouse and keyboard and I just cannot achieve that with a controller. So yes, yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, and yeah, it's like Halo is fine. I think I had my view on Halo tainted because when I was at Games Dev College, there were two guys in my class who were completely obsessed with it like it's like you know how you sit there and you just want to throw something at somebody when they're like completely obsessive about one thing and they will dismiss everything else you just want to be like consume other media yeah yeah Yeah. they were like that it was literally (laughs) like nothing was as good as halo no character was as cool as master chief no no digital woman was more fuckable than cortana (laughs) etc etc and they were just insufferable with it. And then also, um, we had to do... Like, I had to play... Um, there was a Warthog section. There was like a war- Warthog section from Halo 2 or something. I had to play that... Like, over the space of three days, I, I must have played that for like four to six hours, studying it. Yeah, and it, was, breaking... it wasn't. It wasn't like QA testing. It wasn't trying to like fuck things. Up. It was just, oh no, you need to play this again so you can feel the the like the flow of combat mixed with narrative, etc., etc. You need to analyze this. And there I'm like, few... I don't want to. <laughs> there are a few games that if you're not super into, you can do that with and not hate them by the end of it. Yeah. So yeah, I understand that. I think that's that's the thing. I, I've had a kind of a similar thing, which is that most of the people who I, I experienced who really liked Halo were kind of insufferable until like my kind of recent life. For for, for younger folks listening, Halo's like online fan base basically when they got bored of Halo, that kind of disgustingly evil toxic element moved on to call of duty <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of like it gives you an idea and especially because like yeah these, these two guys i was in in class with of course this was the best multiplayer game ever as well and i'm like i, mean, I don't know i was playing like unreal tournament at that point yeah i, was I like, think oh, that's, unreal's pretty good then like i think um, that's I think it is. A, a really big aspect is that uh both of us from a shooter perspective even me though i i hadn't played that many um shooters at the time because i my pc was terrible um and i couldn't play like the bleeding edge stuff uh even i i knew like you know pc for shooters was just infinitely better and i think that's that's the real thing that halo did was between that and time splitters they finally cracked how to do shooters on hmm. console and do them well yeah and they just and it's it's just it yeah it, it, it just uh had some awkward things but i, I don't really want to focus on that stuff because it's yeah um because yeah, I had a real good time playing through the first Halo. I, I, I will say, um, and yeah, I can I can only recommend uh, if you haven't looked. There's a Master Chief Collection, 
they uh, they they've uh, they've been slowly like bringing out on PC. And there's a handful of games that you can buy for it now. Because uh... uh, it's like one game that you buy like parts of. <laughs> it's a weird. Oh, thing. Is that, right. it's basically you buy a launcher and then you like buy the individual games. Well, I think when you buy one game, it comes with the launcher sort of thing. Yeah, um, and then other games launch up in that, which, is, from a you, technical perspective, I imagine is a nightmare guess, because effectively, well, I mean, it's daisy chaining shit. It's like, come on, you're not Origin. Don't do well, this. Well, no, because <laughs> the thing is, is that normally when games have to like launch other games that work in other engines, like you can tell, it's like you can the the screen flickers, you can feel it like change pace, but you don't. It seamlessly goes from this huh. one menu into these different games. <laughs> and especially in the case of the older ones that they've remastered, you can flick them back to their old old settings mm. with like the press of a button. Which, by the way, if you're a clumsy, large-fingered fool <laughs> like myself, um, <laughs> and your melee button is Q, the amount of times you will accidentally hit tab with the corner of your finger and flick to the other... I'm sorry, the corner of your finger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So not only do you have large, cumbersome fingers, but they're also... They also have corners. They no do wonder have corners. you have difficulty. Yes, exactly. You poor thing. This is my big problem. I need to play on PC because it's the only way I can have enough of an edge to beat video your games. Your fingers are literally key-shaped. Apparently so. So you can just poke them from directly above. This is it. This is why I've never been good at console shooters. Yeah. My, my weird Lego fingers. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I kept hitting it, which didn't mean that I got the achievement for checking every every chapter in the <laughs> other mode. Oh my God. <laughs> which I think was mostly because I kept accidentally hitting it. <laughs> oh, uh, they also did some things like there's a whole midsection of Halo 1, which uh, they decide to make you go through the same room multiplied several times and you backtrack through it. It is an unforgivable sin of the game's design. That's like, ah, so... Uh... Crunch was pretty rough then. It, it is the one bit of the... You know when you play a bit of a game and you go... This game would be improved if this was gone. Not replaced, just gone. Oh, God. Like the fucking... Oh, God. What is that horrible boss from Dark Souls 1? Which one? The one that you can literally see the point at which they ran out of money. Oh, the Bed of Chaos. That's the one. Yeah, the one where they ran ran out of money uh, going down to... um, Oh, fuck. It's falling out of my head now what the area is called. Um, Don't tell me. I will have looked it up by the time you hear this. (laughs) but yeah, the the whole lava area underneath uh, underneath that was all super lost Shit. island. Lost island, yeah. yeah. Fucking um, shonky. That was that was like, oh, we ran out of money. You can look over the edge of places and just see holes in the world. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's interesting how you can just see chunks like that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls one is weird like that. But but yeah. Um, yeah, what they did in that really insufferable part where it's really easy to get, like, turned around because everything looks the same is they actually put arrows on the ground to oh, tell you which way to go. Heroes. <laughs> Sometimes the simplest solution is the best. Oh, but you want to know what's really funny? When you backtrack through there, oh, God. they're the wrong way. So you have to reverse follow the arrows. <laughs> okay, maybe not all the time the simplest solution is the best. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, yeah, Halo. Uh, I played through that. Hey, turns out a game from, like, 20 years ago can still hold up and you can still have fun with it. Who knew? 20 years ago, are you fucking serious? Yeah, it was like 2000, 2001 that came out, something like that, wasn't it? Oh my god, I was still in school. <laughs> Dude, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I remember the other day that YouTube um, uh, 
came out, what was like, you know, became a thing in 2005. I thought it was like 2007. No. 2005. Okay. If I'm wrong, don't tell me because uh, I'm not wrong. And I'm always writing stuff. I remember in the computer labs, the uh, the techs hadn't uh, figured out that it was a site you should restrict yet. Ah. So, like, you know, and that was when, like, copyright? Nah. So, like, loads of people watching, like, Family Guy and shit just, just in, in, the, in, like, the labs. It was pretty cool. Anyway, I'll stop flashing back. Yeah. Um, so, I also want to talk about another video game, uh, which is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Ah, okay. I yeah. thought it was Star Wars, Jedi, Fallen Order. No, there's only one colon. I checked because I was going to make a joke about it being <laughs> called Star Wars colon Jedi colon Fallen Order, mm. but no, it's Star Wars Jedi as one thing, as if oh. that's like you know a recognizable Star series Wars name. Jedi, yeah. Watch me, watch me find out now. There is actually a long-running series that have come under that title, <laughs> that title, and I just haven't noticed uh, because there's a, literally a billion fucking Star Wars games. Um, a billion fucking Star Wars. Yep. Um, so yeah, Fallen Order is set a handful of years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Cool. Uh, so before the original trilogy, and it's based around a character who is was a Jedi Padawan. And has been in hiding and basically joins a little a little group that is trying to bring back the Jedi Order. Um, spoilers, um, if you've seen Star Wars, uh, that <laughs> probably doesn't end well. I haven't beat the game yet, but you know, it's probably not going to end as triumphantly as you might hope. <laughs> but the game itself is... So it's a weird one. It's sort of like your standard kind of action-adventure kind of game. So, you know, you, ha- you have, like, areas you need to traverse and hang off uh, and, you know... Adventure game, adventure kind of like game-y Lara ca- Crofty kind of thing. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I, I want to say, like, I want to say that it's like Tomb Raider, but I realise that the new Tomb Raider that does that stuff is borrowing largely from Uncharted. Mm. <laughs> it's so weird. Which, in and of itself, bar- borrows heavily from the old Tomb Raider, so... My favourite part about Tomb Raider is that someone went, yeah, okay, but what if it was with a dude? What if it was with Nathan Fillion? What if it was Nathan (laughs) Fillion? (laughs) And Um, also, like, Crash Bandicoot's in it, and then you do a big fucking on the couch, because Crash Bandicoot gets, like, Nathan Drake in the mood. The fuck are you talking about? The last Uncharted game. I I, have not heard of any of this. Oh, you sweet summer child. Okay. It, also, there's a hat that can control people. Okay, I'm just going to barrel on from this and talk about the game that I was going to okay. talk about. Um, they incorporate, like, the Crystal Skull. Of course they do. I am making anyway, all that up. Really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Before someone's like, oh, I don't think that happens. I'm okay. like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, hey, maybe. I'm just, I, 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 could, I could not get through more than a few hours of Uncharted. I totally get why people love it, because I know you really like it, don't you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I could never get on with the Uncharted series. But um, but anyway, Fallen Order has that kind of, you know, the sort of... I feel that uh, the sort of standard, like, um, action-adventure game, which has a lot of, like, terrain traversal things, is sort of what happened to platform games being mainstream. It sort of got folded into that. Mm. Um, and so it has a lot of that, but the actual combat itself is kind of Dark Souls, but not fully Dark Souls, just, like, enough to make the combat, like, 
challenging and a bit more methodical than you expect from these sort of things and to give you like uh you know stamina and things like that um and it's it's interesting uh because initially i was having a lot of trouble with it because its controls are more like a standard kind of action game um and i actually switched them to be like dark souls controls because (laughs) i wasn't going into fights in the right mindset Mm. so i swapped the controls around so i'd start treating it more like a souls game and that helped me a lot Um, cause even though it's, it's not a souls game, it's not it, like it's, it's souls inspired. I would say is a better way of putting it. Not even like a souls like, like somewhat like the surge or what have you, but yeah, it's, it, it, it is, you know, it's, it's just souls inspired, which is, which is cool. Um, and it knows how to do like the fan service elements of a game like that, but does them in a way that isn't like. Well, isn't The Rise of Skywalker, um, where it's not just, hey, look at the thing you know. It actually does a better job of, like, just incorporating things and to make them into just a cool thing that you happen to do. Like, for example, the place where you're hiding out at the start of the game is in, like, a breaker's yard. So it's ships from the Clone Wars, because that's recent history at this point. Are being broken down because they don't need them anymore because they're all being replaced by your modern Star Destroyers. So the Venators are being taken apart, um, which is cool. That's that's a better way of doing it than mm. just going, hey, remember the Clone Wars? <laughs> okay, Jedi time. and Because, oh, let's be honest, so much media is guilty of that. Yeah, um, and so they, they, they did that. And like uh, I was quite happy because they bring in a Luca Hulk, which is the name of the big droid control ships. But I don't think in canon ever get called Luca Hulks? Like, it, I say in canon, I mean on screen. Yeah. They mm. might say it at some point during the Clone Wars TV show, but Luca Hulks don't show up very often in it. For some reason. They usually use other ships instead. Um, so they actually call it a Luca Hulk, and I was like, oh, that's fun, because I know what that's called. And they just kind of naturally say, because they're like, oh, we've not seen one of those in a while. And it's just being brought in, like, uh, in, you know, to be dumped in the thing, and, like, things are being cut apart around you, and... The one of the like s- like starting points of what's going off is you actually find a Jedi starfighter that's like smashed into the hull of a Venator. Nice. Um, and it's still got and it's got like a busted astromech still inside it. Uh, and that sort of like begin that's, that's like the start of everything. You know, you go off and you you have your have your time and like I don't want to I don't want to spoil things because it's re- it, you know some really cool little things like a named character does show up but I've been playing it for like 4 hours before a na- and you know a named character from other stuff has shown up and they're not like a big character they're just a character that's been in a bunch of stuff and that's just kind of cool that they show up and it's in a place they absolutely would so it doesn't feel like like shoehorned in mm. like it could It's have not done. like oh yeah you just missed um Anakin Skywalker oh he was Oh, he was doing pod racing. It's very good. I don't know how the game is now, but it's not like... Uh, I think you made the comparison when I was talking to you off, off podcast about this. It's not like Lord of the Rings Online. Which <gasps> when we tried to play it years and years ago... When I was too poor for WoW. Yeah, it um, was oh. It was every five minutes. They'd be like, oh, hey, here's Gimli. Here's Aragorn. No, the thing is, it wouldn't even really, like... It wouldn't show. I think Gandalf shows up, but, like... You come out of the starting area, every single person is wearing the same thing, and, and like, Gandalf is like, Oh yes, we were just talking about Frodo. 
Who's oh, oh he just left, you missed him. Yeah, Very it would cool. like Oh Kim Kimley yeah. like, That's what I meant, it was constantly referencing constantly, them rather than yeah. Yeah. It, it was fucking um, tedious. Whereas this doesn't really this doesn't really do that and there's like a really cool bit because like you, you take over an an eighty eighty at one point. Um and it's and it's and his excuses of why you can do that. He's like, Well, I, I worked in a breaker's yard, I used to take these things apart, I know how they work. That yeah. Just <laughs> like that's all the justification yeah. I need. That's that's cool. And the the scene where you do it is really really cool. So, um, if if it's like a, a Jedu's birthday and they like put a little party hat on it, would it be a, a party at at? It'd be a party at at hat. You put two two hats on the at at. So it becomes an at at hat hat. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you see, I'm not like a big into the lore as you, so that's why I wanted to check. Okay, that's yeah, good. That's yeah. good. Anyway, Fallen Order is good. Uh, I can I can recommend it, but I will say it it does control a little janky. Um, I think the marriage of a more traditional modern action game with the Dark Soulsy things does have some issues because the slight vagueness. Because like a lot of modern games have a little bit of vagueness about them, partially because they're you know, like the way modern animations work isn't like one to one your movement. They have a bit of lead in and lead out, which I read somewhere was to do with the fact that modern TVs have that slight processing time. Mm. Uh, so everything has a slight lag, and so modern games are made to like deal with that. And that's it's, one of the reasons it's, for it's it. One of the reasons, yeah. Um, not least just because animation quality's got better, and you know. Um, but that, but uh, the Soul series hasn't as often been a little bit more rigid than that. Um, and that plus the Souls combat plus the enhanced movement options does lead to some weird, weird bits. But you can customize your lightsaber, which is cool as fuck. And Longfang wants to know your location. (laughs) And you can um, change the color of the little droid who lives on your back, who is adorable. Uh, BD1, I think. I'm very, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this, but I'm very bad at remembering names, which is why I've consciously not mentioned the name of the main character. Because I, th- I think it's Cal, but I'm never sure. I've seen, honestly, I've seen so much, like, porn of him. Good, good. So I feel like I'm already very well You know him more than I do at this point. Thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly, let me tell you. Inside and out. <laughs> yes! I haven't gone looking for this pornography, just in case anyone's wondering. It's not really my type. Because, you know, I don't, like... Mm. I'd like the Tom Hollands of the world. I I I want to hug and give a hot cup of cocoa to. I don't want to see him naked. It's just a bit weird. Yeah. It's the two young. That they're like, even though like you know they are adult men. I'm like baby, precious baby. Anyone younger than like twenty five is a baby. Anyone younger than me is a baby. <laughs> Basically. Apart, apart from Longfang, who is an old man. Yes. Yeah. That is how this works. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, Fallen Order, good. Um, I, I like it a lot. Uh, slowly, get, slowly chipping through it. I'm not very good at it, but I'm hoping to eventually, uh, eventually beat it. And it builds on some elements of like Star Wars stuff in cool and interesting ways. Cool. Uh, also, been, there is an enemy uh, that you encounter that's like a because you encounter a lot of like native um, fauna uh, that tries to kill you. Uh, some of which you'll recognise. Uh, but most of which I think has just been invented for the game. One of which is called the Skungus. <gasps> the Skungus! I mean, it's just Skungus, but I have to no, call it the Skungus. It's, the <laughs> it's skungus. earned that right. Mm. Um, and its name is fantastic. 
Uh, aside from that, also one of the little uh, Star Warsy thing is um, he's getting a lot of mention this episode. Uh, <laughs> Long Fang bought me for my birthday uh, some stormtroopers from the miniature war game um, Star Wars Legion because hmm. uh, I've been eyeing them up and I wanted to paint them up as some Imperial remnant forces. Yeah, uh, if you're not aware, they uh, Fantasy Flight uh, put out a uh, put out a game called Star Wars Legion, and it is like these nice little detailed miniatures that like you know like your warhammers you assemble them and paint them and you uh you do a tabletop war game i have no idea about the game because i have never played it and for some reason the copy that i got everything was in spanish including the rules for the characters yeah. so um i can't work out what the rules for them are either because i don't speak spanish uh but i'm unlikely to ever la, play it so la mujer come una manzana okay I do not speak a mujer que pasó. I do not speak a word of Spanish, um, so sí. okay. I understand that single one, but do you understand? Um, queso, queso, queso. K is like what, and queso is what, and cheese, queso. Okay. Um, anyway, I thought I'd just say <laughs> a little bit about Legion uh, because uh, if you haven't had any of them in your hands they're kind of interesting uh, as miniatures because you if you're used to playing with games workshop stuff you're kind of used to a certain level of like detail and quality mm. and you will usually find a different level of those things when you use of other brands uh, because they do not produce on anywhere near the same scale as games workshop mm. so I was, I was having a look at some um I was having a look at some D&D miniatures today, because mm. it was in that toy shop we like so much. Yes. Um, and I very nearly bought you. There was ones where there was like three little froggy dudes, <laughs> and I thought they were just so silly. They were amazing. But like some of that stuff is like, it's obviously not as, as high quality, but it's it's easily comparable. And I'd be very happy to receive yeah. one to just, like, to get one to just paint. Yeah, I mean, because like, they are very fun. Because I've painted up one test one so far, and I was going to, once this podcast is uh, is over, <laughs> um, I was going to assemble a few more. Uh, because they're, they're, they come all in individual baggies. Um, it's like, hey, mate, you got stuff. Yeah, literally, <laughs> they, they come in like they're drugs. And each stormtrooper is in their own individual plastic bag. And I have to say, I am okay with space fascists being separated from each other like that. Stops them getting in out a, of hand. Yeah, in know? an airtight polythene bag. That is like, that's preferable where they should be. Fascists do belong in airtight polythene bags, it's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. fair. Uh, um... <laughs> I, we're we're going to get no kickback from that. <laughs> and if we do, I don't fucking care. Ah, fuck fascism, it's a loser ideology for people yeah. who don't wipe their own asses. Um, or so... they do, they just do it with their own like socks and then wank <laughs> They do it with their own hands. Um, yep. But anyway... Um, yeah, they all come in these individual things. Uh, the stormtroopers, at least, are only like a couple of pieces. Like the arms, are, like one whole thing. And... Oh, so it's like it's not like uh, like forty k miniatures typically, where it's just individual arms and stuff. It's no. literally like they th- does the gun come attached to the hands? Yeah, it? yeah. I'm oh. going to. I was literally about to explain how this works. Sorry, <laughs> I got excited because I understood a reference. Yeah, no, I was. I wanted to be a part of it. It's okay. It's okay. Is it? It's okay. okay. Um, but yeah, so the way they fit in is that the like the the legs, torso, and head of the stormtrooper are like one piece, 
Uh, I think a couple of them do have like some separate pieces for different poses and things. Like some of them, some of them do have more pieces, but like the standard bog, like bog standard troopers, and their arms and gun are all one piece with some like clips in them. But the thing is, because the the plastic they use is more rubbery, it's like kind of it's like vinyl. Okay. Like, I don't. I don't actually because like honestly, the line between when it stops being plastic and when it starts being vinyl is a weird oh, line, and I nice. I don't know anything mm. about materials or engineering or stuff. <laughs> uh, to know exactly what it's made of, but it's it's a more rubbery kind of material, so you can actually so you bend the arms out. Ooh, I don't like that. And then it just clips in, mm, like no, really fine because that, it's rubbery mm. and it just goes back to its original shape. I know, but the idea of just picking up a miniature piece and bending it, yes, I know, is, it, that it's, is genuinely terrifying yeah. to me. You don't have to do it much, uh, but that's how that's how they it's fit doing in. it at all for experience. It, it does mean that because it's this more rubbery material, it does mean that it's harder to clean up mold lines. I will say, overall, yeah, they're pretty easy to work with. The details pretty good on them. Like my my stormtrooper, I've painted up. I'm like really happy with it, and like the oh, it's gorgeous. The oh, thank you. No, um, I, I love it. Like you, I don't know. You are just a mage of weathering. <laughs> I, I did a lot of, because <laughs> you I wanted... You make it look so easy, which Bas- the, the easier something looks, usually the harder it fucking is, Bas- so... Uh, the big thing with it was, is that cause I basically inspi- uh, inspired by the Imperial Remnant you see in The Mandalorian, where they're, wear- they're just wearing regular white Stormtrooper armour, but it's all pitted and, like, and like knackered, because they've then, you know, they, the Imperial supply lines don't exist anymore. So when the armor gets damaged, they just have to kind of leave it so they don't look pristine anymore. I wanted to be do that, but have them with coloration on them because they're like their own little splinter group. That's, That's really cool. Because I just thought that'd be fun. So I've got hmm. this kind of like burgundy red color, color on them, which I believe is like Vallejo bloody scarlet. I think it's, is the actual color a I really used. really good red, to be fair. I um, use that for my what's, what's also, that, What size are these dudes? Just as a... I was gonna, yeah, I was going to actually mention that. Okay. Uh, they are slightly taller, like, they're realistically proportioned. Yeah. It uh, is weird seeing well, something... Okay. Well, no. Like, compared to, like, Space Marines and stuff, it is weird seeing a more reasonable proportion yeah, they're, at they, that scale. They're, they're not heroic scale like 40k is, but they they are slightly caricatured because of the scale. But they're but they are tr- more realistically proportioned than what you would find uh, in your local games workshop. Uh, they stand a bit taller than a regular space marine, like a regular person does, and a little bit shorter than a Primaris. Okay, so so they're relatively they're relatively tall as far as that kind of scale of miniatures go. Although part of that might be because the bases are thicker as well. <laughs> yeah, the bases are like that was probably the weirdest thing for me. Oh, because they don't have, like, the angle like, on the yeah, base. They they're, just, they're, yeah. And they're just, like, a chunk, and it's... But it's kind of, like... Yeah, it's very strange. Mm. It's just... <laughs> I've been hanging out with a Warhammer too much. Yeah. But, no, they're, they're really really fun little miniatures, and just, just from, like, a painting them perspective, I, I've, I've been enjoying it, and so I'm going to get a bunch of them stuck together and try and do the rest of them in, like, one big uh, one big batch. So I'll have a squad of Stormtroopers, and, hey, who knows, maybe at some point I'll get to play a game of Legion. Well, That'll be fun. I do have one question for you. How are you going to incorporate this into your Grot Rebellion army? Because um, you obviously will. Well, I mean, technically... So, my idea of this renegade faction was actually that they are a group that went renegade before the Empire fell and just went to be off, like, shitty mercenaries. Okay. So, they kind of were a 
a grotty a, rebellion. A, a, a grotty rebellion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they uh, they weren't on the side of the rebellion, but you know, like they just pick up mercenary jobs. That yeah. was sort of the idea I had because because uh, I realised that there is no like sequel era or like post original trilogy era setting for the game as like the Clone Wars because you can get Clone Wars era stuff and original trilogy era stuff. Um, so if I wanted to play a game, then I'd kind of I'd, I'd need to have a reason for them being being around in that, and so that would be my excuse basically. No, that's right. Is that they're just a group of stormtroopers who went rogue at some point? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's fun. Uh, last thing to briefly mention is I have been burning through the rest of Bob's Burgers. I mentioned that a few episodes back. Yeah. Uh, that I've been watching it, and that the first couple of seasons had a bit a few jokes in it that were a bit. Very dicey, you know. Uh, but over time, it got a lot better, and like I actually started really enjoying it. Um, I think I got like see- to like season three or four or something like that, and I'm now on like season nine, which is the last one that's on huh. Prime. Okay, uh, which is good that that's the last one on Prime because it goes off Prime in like a day. Um, oh. <laughs> like. We're recording this on the twenty eighth. On the 29th, it disappears off Prime. Do Do you need to leave? I need to leave and watch more, watch more Bob's Burgers because yeah, that show gets really, really good. Hmm. Um, got so much heart to it. Um, as it goes on, they really sort of like figure out the characters, and I don't want to say that this this show occasionally has something to say, but. Just going to po- uh, point out a couple of episodes, you know, just just at random here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there is an episode that is based entirely around the concept of a rent strike because the person who owns the town has put the price up and then he organises a competition to make all of the residents fight amongst each other to try and get cheaper rents. The losers, of course, still having to have the higher rents. So, you know, showing... People with power pitting the working class against each other in order to service their oh, own could ends. You, could you not make Bob's Burgers political, please? There's and, obvi- it's obviously just another storyline. And I think the like second to last episode I watched was one in which the kids make a business and a handful of the kids are made to be the workers whilst the other ones are the management. And... <sighs> The workers are told that they have to produce things quicker, and so... So they can make more profit. So they can make more profit, which doesn't go down to the workers, and because they're making them work quicker, the product becomes more shoddy, thus undermining the entire enterprise. So I'm not saying this show has anything to say about working-class plight, but... Um, yeah, no, <laughs> uh, it's it's a good show. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, and it's also just funny, and the amount of commitment that they go into for some weird little bits, like the song, the, the show has always had little songs in it, uh, like from the beginning. But as it went on, it became like a more fundamental part of it. And whoever writes the songs for that show, occasionally you get ones, and you go, you know, if this wasn't being sung by like comedy characters doing stupid voices. This is actually like a really nice melody you've written there. <laughs> or it'll have like a really interesting like musical flourish in it. With like, okay, like, okay, so that has like a round kind of style thing going on it. Uh, that's That like uses like weird bits of falsetto here and then goes down an octave for the rhyming section, the rhyming part, the next iteration. Like, okay, just interesting little parts musically. You're like, 
someone really cares about this music, and I appreciate whoever it is that does that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Bob's Burgers is good. Very, very much enjoying it, um, and I'll be able to enjoy it for approximately uh, a day. Um, until it disappears so that's good Uh, but that's me that's me done I'm sorry that took so long Uh, you always take so long it's fine Uh, I know I know but that's okay that's okay because we like you (laughs) oh you're talking about the sex yes it was a sex joke Uh, so Matthew (laughs) um, do you have anything you wish to talk about it can can include sex jokes if you wish can it not no. No, it has okay. to. Um, I've got quite a, a, a large size um, courgette that, that me and Ruth are quite impressed with. Oh, Yeah, but you shouldn't um, use that in any kind of fashion because that's actually quite dangerous. It has a lot of ridges <laughs> in which to store things. If you're going to do that kind of stuff, don't use fruit or vegetables. Always use an actual toy and make sure you are ad- adequately lubricated. And if you're doing anything in the butt, make sure it has a flared base because otherwise it can get sucked <laughs> up your into your butt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, 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 this is my. P- I, I, I like it how I, I'm like, hey, let's talk about whether you could like, f- like I don't know, if you could punch a bear and it would feel it, and then I'm just like, so anyway, here's some incredibly like appropriate, up to date, and sex positive fact <laughs> or like advice. Anyway, you are a land of contrast, my dear. (laughs) You literally said that to me as I was deciding between a cute bunny mug that I think is like the actual design was elegant bunny, Mm. uh, which is white and pink and has flowers and stuff, or my Doom 25th anniversary mug. And I was like, hmm. And you just came up and went, darling, you are a land of contrast. And I was like, Is that how I sound? You're very, very English. (laughs) Yes. Okay. You talk real fancy is what I'm saying. I don't think I talk real fancy. The fact you went, I don't think I talk real fancy kind of says everything. (laughs) Your received pronunciation is such where you fucking do sound that fancy. You do talk fancy. You do a big fancy talking. Okay. Anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, should I should I stop? <laughs> no. Okay. It's just, it's just an observation, sweets. It is actually a thing where I I am I am very aware that uh, over time I sort of stop myself from sounding more like I'm from Derbyshire. That's classism. Uh, presumably, inherently it, classism. Yeah, it's cause some kind of internalized thing of classism there. So I try and stop doing that now and just let myself sound Derbyshire from time to time. Yes, yeah, mm. I just I just mm. talk, however, because. That's what I talk like. I'm going to really annoy that person that commented uh, that said, oh, internalized homophobia isn't a real thing because now I've just said internalized classism. Uh, also, <laughs> also, you're wrong and fuck off. Also, fuck you, um, Jeremy. <laughs> Go make out with a hot pie. Uh, so, Matthew, yes, car- yes. carry on. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, talking about your courgette, if you wish. Well, no, I just had to, I just had to make a sex joke on, on the spot and it was hard. my man were you thinking about that in that entire time we were waffling (laughs) genuinely wasn't Oh, so, Excellent. So, so, like, so that was a spontaneous, <laughs> phenomenal sex. But I'm, I'm Matthew. I'm proud of you. Thank you, thank you, thank so you. I'll take a bow, but it's an audio. Anyway, headbutt um, microphone. I played some games. Yes. So video games. I have finished on the Switch Steam World Heist, and it is really flipping good. Ooh, to the point where I finished it on like the normal difficulty, and then at the end, there's like. Um, 
you go through all the levels and at the end there's like a black hole that appears and you go into that and basically it's sort of new game plus in that you play it again but all the char- you start back from you know back from zero experience and level zero of all your characters but you start with all of the characters that you find as you play through the game so it means that you know you can start leveling them up at the start so you don't find people later on you don't know how they work you can sort of start with them when the game's a bit easier Oh, rare. Nice. So, yeah, I was basically, I put it up to, like, elite difficulty. The, the highest, like, five difficulty levels, and I had it on the third one to start with. So I was like, right, well, I love this game, and I want to play again, so I'm just going to play through the entire game on the highest difficulty level with some new nice. characters that I don't know how to do. So I've just and I've just finished it for the second time. on the, And I'm like, you guys know me. Like, I don't replay games that often. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I've replayed this one, yeah, I think I'm, yeah. I don't know how many hours it took. I think it said, like, 35 hours or something. Oh, dang. To play through it two times. But yeah, it, oh, it's a really good game. I don't, it's much better than a 2015 Nintendo 3DS game should be. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where it's not just a good game for that. It's just a genuinely good game. Mm. And it is available on iOS, I, I think I saw. I don't know how much it costs on iOS. Uh, it's but... usually about like, those things kind of usually cost anywhere between like three pounds and eight. Like yeah, it probably shouldn't be more than a couple of quid, to be honest. It's a bit old. I mean, the thing is, the fact that you've got 35 hours out of it. Like, yeah. And you you have replayed it. It's yeah. Like, that's a massive, like, that. that's a glowing uh, It is a really good game, and I, I highly recommend it. I don't have more, much more to add, but I just wanted to say that, yeah, that's how much I liked it. <laughs> I played a new, for me, PC game. <gasps> oh. You you might not have heard of it. Wibs probably has, but Snipe, you probably haven't heard of it. I played Doom 2016. <gasps> <laughs> my man! Yeah. Oh my god, how fucking good is it? It is very good. It is, it is so very good. good. Although, I mean, it is very good, and I like the whole, you know, there's a bit of a story, but then you don't really listen to the story, you go and punch things, and it's great. It's kind of a nod to how like close-minded John Carmack was back in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh god, story's so boring and unimportant, and that's never going to take off. And it's like, John, <laughs> fuck off. You're great at making engines, but maybe, but maybe you were not great on this this one. He uh, was one gift- He was a gifted, like you know, technical guy. Oh, he yeah. was not interested in yeah. like I mean, anything. Demons that's what are bad, and you have to shoot John demons. I don't. What more do you want? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I. <sighs> I, I always like the kind of story stuff which I would get me made fun of because obviously I like the stories because I'm a girl. Oh yeah, of course, um, of course. It's like you know, you know, it, it's like fellas, is it gay to like fiction? Thing, fiction or like it's like okay, right? <laughs> but yeah. So I'm just, I'm just making a note here. So um, liking stories in video games, girly. Uh, getting angry about small changes in law in Warhammer 40,000 madly. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, if you get, like, really angry and scream at people in rage during a game, that actually is, uh, that makes you more masculine and virile. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Increases your sperm count tenfold, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Not that you're going to do anything with it ever. No. No. Um, I, oh. <laughs> I was going to talk about like something tangentially related, but it's like no, that's that's literally that's that's not for podcast stuff. <laughs> that's, that's that's off the tracks. Yeah, I was going to say I don't want to know where where sperm counts is going to take you. So Matthew, please carry on with what you're okay. going to say. Doom is a good game. I mean, it's a fantastic yeah. game. Although, so I, I really love the mechanics of you know you're low on health. What do you do about this? You have to run headlong at enemies because that's how you get health back. Like yeah. it's such a simple thing to like make you, 
go but it forwards keeps up and progress. Flow perfectly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it encourages really a good. highly and aggressive kind of playstyle, which yeah. honestly fits it perfectly. It's yeah, it's good, but there is a few bits. There's, it's just there's a few. Cause I was expecting it to be like you know, f- f- you know, charge forward and do that, but there's quite a few bits where I've just killed all the baddies and things, and I'm in this thing. And I'm trying to work out where to go, and I've wandered around like the empty room trying to find which door to go in, like quite a few times, maybe way more than I was expecting to. I don't know if it's just I haven't quite clicked with the leg- level device. Haven't quite clicked with the level design yet. Mm. That's surprisingly hard to say. Honest- yeah, no, I mean like. <laughs> I did find in uh, 2016 they did have there was a couple of places where I just got hopelessly lost. Yeah, and there's like a bit um, where I was like, where do I go here? And I was like, oh no, you have to wait for the tram thing to go past, and then you go through this great thing, and then go round the back, and then open the door mm. from behind, and it, which yeah. is fine. It's good, and, I, and I, I'm not saying it's bad level design at all. It's just it doesn't quite click with the whole just charge forward blindly at the enemies sort of yeah, thing. No. Mm. No, so I, I feel I, like someone just jams the handbrake on every now and then, which is a mm. little bit weird. And I'm not saying it's, it's still a good game and I'm really enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. No, I mean, um, you can dislike parts of it. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not much that I can say that's good about it that's adding anything new to the conversation. So I was like, like <laughs> yeah. let's find something to criticise. <laughs> and not no, because fair. I want to just criticise, but just because everything good that could be said about Doom 2016 has been said already in 2016. By me. <laughs> and then by you every day since, yeah. Yeah, yes, I, honestly. We have, a, we have a little sign that is very real, nobody check, uh, that's next to the computer for podcasts, which is like a day since Doom 2016 was mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> oh, day since Doom was mentioned. Yeah. Um, it's God, I literally, I honestly, like, no word of a lie, I do think I mention it, like, at least once a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's only, that uh, that timer has only ever got to 14 days, and that's because we record every two weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, there's another one that's every time I mention Star Trek, and to be honest, we just took that down. Yeah, we took it down because, honestly, like, we were wearing through to the wall behind it, and yeah. we don't want to avoid our lease. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> we don't really want to see your neighbours. <laughs> you no, wear all the way through the wall. No, no, not really. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it, it, it did have a problem, especially with like the commitment to the old school kind of like map, mm. um, kind of thing where it's like, yeah, oh, gamers are so coddled now. You have arrows. It's like motherfucker, please. I remember Resident Evil 1. Fuck you. We needed <laughs> arrows. How dare you? Yeah, I think there's... Uh, that, the... All that fucking... Like, oh, we didn't put this stuff in to make pathfinding easier. It was literally to pad out the game time. Yeah. It is a holdover from... Like, like from old game... Like, Earthworm Jim, for the fucking snares, you can complete that in 15 fucking minutes. Which is why, like, they made old games really hard. And bullshit. So. Oh, yeah, you can complete, like, the original Castlevania in, like, 15 minutes. I think like, the record's like eight or something. It's something silly. silly like that. Yeah. Like I, I, ha- I, terrible video gamer man that I am, I've beaten Castlevania one in forty minutes flat. Yeah, uh, and I honestly that's fucking awesome. And I'm bad at the game. I just how, really commit. As a complete unrelated aside, how long did it take for you to practice to get up to that point? Hours you and hours don't and hours. Know. <laughs> it was to the point where, when he finally completed it for the first time, I literally took a photo of him. He asked me to take a photo of him kneeling next to the TV <laughs> with his thumbs up. It, that that's how fucking yeah, long well, it Castle, took. Castlevania One's like a notoriously difficult game. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from your achievement so at all. I'm just thinking. I'm just saying that saying it took take 
it took you 40 minutes is understanding it slightly. It's like, oh yeah. And that's kind of like, as an artist, it's like, yeah, no, that's oh, the it point. took, like, this, this piece of, this piece of art took me 40 minutes. Oh yeah, but how long did it take you to learn to do that in 40 minutes? Yeah. Well, but that's, 25 years. But that, that's, that's the point I'm making is that, you know, mm. when, when you're talking about like old school difficulty, it's the actual game content. Once you know how to beat them, mm. you can mm. beat them quite fast. Yeah. But it was about getting you to stay there. It's what, it's one of the reasons why I think the, there is a, frankly, very toxic discussion around game difficulty that oh, yeah. usually gets quite hard into ableism quite quickly um, and mm. um, doesn't really capture the nuance of a lot of things because, like me, I a lot of my favourite games of all time, Castlevania, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls, Binding of Isaac, games that are like notoriously quite difficult... Um, I re- I really love them, but it's not because of the difficulty. It's just that happens to lean into the game design. And there's lots of games that I adore um, that aren't very difficult. Like, you can just breeze through them. Um, and that's, like, completely fucking fine. It's like, I saw I, a great Night in the meme. Woods. Uh, Night in the Woods is one of my favourite games, but I don't think that that could that's really... That's not difficulty, That's not really. difficult. There's no difficulty mm. in that game. No, it's, it's because it doesn't need to be difficult. Yeah. But, like, no, it's... I failed I at the knife fight that. a couple of times. Oh yeah, no, I, I I think I won that. It was that was a pretty good knife fight. But yeah, it's it's it is it is frustrating because it's like, hey, um, games are supposed to be enjoyable, and if somebody wants to enjoy a game by putting it on the easiest difficulty, fuck you for thinking you have yeah. any agency in their choice to enjoy themselves. I mean, I will say uh, just just to add a little bit of clarity there, I, I think there is also room for games that are not supposed to be enjoyable, that, that oh, are not absolutely. supposed to be fun, that they're, they're sort of there to engage. No, this in is one the thing. Like, it, what I said was kind of a blanket statement, like mm. a, a binary statement, which let's be honest is never helpful but it is for ease of, of discussion <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's that's why i thought i'd elaborate to... thank you dear thank you um uh because yeah like when you're talking about stuff uh, stuff like uh and things that would make the you know like there's a whole oh this handhold people you know players are handheld by like all these arrows and like there there is problems with like players being led everywhere because it means people don't explore properly but at the same time um, it's not needed like like yeah night in the woods it's like well you can go and do whatever the fuck you want, but you can't not really progress. You know, it's like... Th- well, I'm, I'm less talking about that. Um, but I'm just using that as an example. I, I'm more talking about how... Uh, say, for example, say like... Um, you know, your average open world games like uh, your Far Cry's, Mad Max, uh, mm. things like that. I have a very small frame of reference because I don't play many of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, but you can play all mo- the most of the exploration-y like Ed parts by looking at the mini map. Yeah. Because it's just pointing you in a direction to go, and you go there. And there is there is things I do think that robs you of because you're not really exploring the world. Um, some th- like I've been playing through Neverwinter Nights recently, and that never tells you like with an arrow where to go it tells you where to go in the story but it then has on the map labeled where this place is so it gives you all the information you need to find the place and i think that's a good balance of of like how to do that because that tells you everything you need to know without leading you by the nose well i mean i would say every game is different like it, it wouldn't work in dark souls um, but it does work in other games, and yeah. that's completely fine. Yeah, and I, I to- and you know, I, I totally, 
I understand why there is some frustration with that. No, um, I understand. But... I just think that the discourse is so often overshadowed by this toxic fog of like, my dick is bigger than yours. Oh yeah. Ooh, if well, you can't beat the game on God, this mode, Dante then you're not a real die gamer. mode is just too easy. Like hell and hell mode is just too easy. Oh, if you if you don't play this game on anything apart from the most eye bleedingly difficult setting, then you just shoot on an uninstall and bleh, and I literally have nothing else to my personality because I'm so insecure that I think that being a dick on the internet makes me an interesting human being. Can I play basically any game made before a certain point on easy mode because I remember how janky and weird they could be? Fucking too right, Dolan. (laughs) Or it's like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines where the combat is so bad (laughs) that you're like, nope, no, gotta gotta make sure this is on the easiest difficulty possible because fuck. So the takeaway from us three old foxes... (laughs) If you if you want to play a game on the maximum difficulty or or you don't want to do that, that's fine. And we will literally punch people who tell you that that's not fine. Mm. And there's I mean, possibly not literally. Time. I will literally punch people. But anyway, Matt, you were talking about Doom 2016 before we started waffling. Yeah. So please carry on. I mean, that's is good. Yeah, it's good game. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to stop playing games that is just universally everyone's already had a big conversation about saying how good they are. <laughs> I mean, I have very little to add to this conversation. Yeah, but, but the thing is, no, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just play whatever the fuck yeah. you want and come in and go. Actually, I liked this part, and we can go. Yeah, and then it's good. Yeah. So I get it. Or alternately, uh, you can go and play that Smurfs game that was made for the Game Boy Advance and tell us about that. Yeah, well, I have played a game. So I've played a third game this week. Oh. (gasps) Which isn't quite as popular. It's called The Escapists. Oh, yes. That rings a bell. I've been meaning to play that. I've been playing it on Switch. And this is going to be related to what we were just saying in terms of hand-holding and things. Because I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's me every day, but I, I understand. <laughs> so it's a top-down, pixel arty type game where you're pris- controlling a prisoner in a prison and the whole point is you is you wanting to escape. And I don't know if it's because it's on the Switch, but I cannot get my head around the controls at all. Like, hmm. there's a button to like interact with things, which is different to the button to pick up and drop things, which is different to the button to, like, sometimes you use to climb up on things to change to different levels. You want to get in the pipes and things and... I like the left, the D pad, like the different ones go to different crafting menus or journals and things. And I just can't remember what any button does at any point. So I keep doing things like I've got a spoon equipped or something, and then I want to talk to a guard and I accidentally like start digging a hole right in front of him or you know, things like that. I was like, what am I doing? I mean, that is, an, that is a fucking power move. <laughs> like, hey, officer. Sup? <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I really want to enjoy this game, and I've only played it for about an hour, so I'm gonna keep at it because I really want to enjoy it. Because the whole plotting how to escape thing mm. is really good. But mm. yeah, you're just dropped in, and the controls make very little sense. At least on the Switch, maybe on the PC with like a mouse and keyboard, it makes a bit more sense. And then like what you can do, like, I just can't work out what you get in trouble for and things like. I went outside and was like, okay, well, I'll just have a bit of a play what I can do. Let's start digging a hole right at the end. And I went right to the corner of the thing where there's no cameras because I'm on the starting level. There's no, it's like, I think the prison's called like Centre Parks or something, basically. <laughs> it's like, why would anyone want to escape from this? But you still do, sort of thing. Um, so I went right there and I started digging a hole just to see how that worked. And then like that night, it's like, there's been a hole and it's been traced back to you. Here's three days in solitary. I was like, but okay, so I can't 
I just it, I haven't got my that, head around like the, its logic at it all. It seems it feels like you've literally started playing the game like twenty hours in. Yeah, it does. It feels exactly when I first started. It's like, right, do you want to play a tutorial? I was like, okay, cool, yeah. And the tutorial is you wake up in your cell and you go up into the vent, air vents and then go to another cell and then leave and then that's it. And that's basically the whole tutorial. And then it just throws okay. you into game and says, right, you're in a prison. I was like, do I need to escape in a... Is there a time limit? Do I need to escape in a day? Or I think what it's trying to get you to do is like, you get... Because it's like a routine. There's, you know, light lights out and then roll call at the start of the day, then breakfast, then a bit of free time, then lunch. And you've got to sort of then work time. So you sort of... I think what you're meant to do is sort of do the normal day as build a routine working out who all the different inmates are and what some of them are selling you and all the guard routines and all this sort of stuff. And you very slowly work out how you're going to escape. And I don't think it's like a, you know, you play for 20 minutes and then you punch a guard and leg it sort of thing. But because I haven't got my head round round that sort of thing, I just, I have no idea what I'm meant to do. Yeah, <laughs> I think sounds... it's because like you can escape from diff- there's presumably many different ways of escaping. Because there's loads of items like ladders and ropes and various weapons and um, shovels and guard uniforms, and I think that you can escape in loads of different ways. And I think you're meant to be slower, but uh, yeah, I just cannot get my head around what it's wanting me to do at all. So I yeah, just keep no. getting thrown up, thrown in solitary for various reasons. <laughs> Reminds me of my fucking academic life. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Throw her in solitary. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, re- but I really want to like it. One of my favourite mm. um, board games I used to have as a kid. We had Escape from Colditz. Which was a really fun board game, um, which my dad hated because one person has to play as the Nazi guards and one everyone else plays as inmates who are trying to escape. And obviously, you you bully your dad into doing that as kids. So, <laughs> so you, were like, you were like bullying your dad into being a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the title of this podcast. <laughs> I am totally not making that the title of this podcast. That is that is an episode that is not getting monetized. Jesus <laughs> fuck. Well, I don't know. Probably is. If we talk about like, I'd say it's different because he's like a literal Nazi, but mm, not that different to. No, I don't. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. I'm mean... sorry. Your dad is amazing. You're meaning to tell me <laughs> this that is a... he's no, no, been no. a Nazi the whole no, fucking in time. This is a weird way to expose your dad as a fascist, <laughs> right? No, no, no. I mean that he's playing. Oh, I guess I'm thinking a whole. He's right. not really Nazi. He just plays on. well on TV. <laughs> Please. Exonerate your father for us, okay. so we can move on. He was play- he's playing as a literal Nazi in this game, and I was making the joke that oh, there isn't literal Nazis around the world nowadays. Oh wait, hang on, there basically is. Is the point uh, I was trying to make? Not my dad. Yeah, yeah no, there are real Nazis in the world, and we need to do something about them. And they're them. not your dad, but they my are dad not Drummer Matt's dad because no, Drummer Matt's dad is a really nice dude. And is as far as we're we're aware, not a Nazi. No, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, Escape from Cold is a really cool board game where you like have to go around and collect items and work together and then escape. And this is like the video game version of that, and I was really looking oh. forward to playing it. But I just I cannot get my head around its sort of mindset and then also the controls. It feels like you need to go and do like a full day's like wiki research. <laughs> yes, that this would game definitely will have a... help. <laughs> and like, it, it sucks that you have to do that, but like I don't know, I might I might just be missing like something that. really obvious, and I'm not. It isn't necessarily a criticism because I'm. It is possibly more likely that I'm just being an idiot than the game is bad. So. 
Um, and I don't think it is. And I, yeah, I really want to enjoy it, so I'm going to stick with it, and I'll, I'll keep you updated. But yeah, yeah I might just have do. to watch a whole bunch of like tutorial videos on YouTube before I play. Yeah, it. yeah. So, sometimes you get that where there's some games where you. Well, you I mean, just can you imagine like picking up WoW now? Oh, oh yeah. Jesus! It's it's like I see stuff like that. It's like yeah, no, you need a fucking you need a mm. 47 page instruction manual to get through something like that. Several of the games that I talked about earlier about being games that I really love, like Dark Souls and The Binding of Isaac, both of those require heavy wiki reading to mm. be able to like figure yeah. out how to do certain things. Hell, I recently played through Subnautica, fucking loved it, but like there's a few bits on that where it's like, oh, this item is hidden in this butt fuck nowhere area yeah and you gotta like go find it and it's ridiculous it's like the long dark there's like one place where there's an ammunition making machine mm. and it's you need to do a, like a fucking assault course to get to the actual area which is protected by a keypad which doesn't have any power and you don't have the key for so it's only actually active and you're able to get in during an aurora where the power comes back <laughs> on but in order to get that key code you have to go out through like to like um pleasant valley do like a literal like this this trip in real time will take you maybe four or five hours to get to an inaccessible part that you have to go through a ravine to get to this high point in in the bleak inlet area where the keypad is get the keypad there go back avoid horrifying timber wolves wait until there's an aurora then go in do this do the assault course again and then put the key code in Good. So something that an average player will just stumble upon. Yeah, no, you know. honestly, it's just like, I, I, it happened to me hundreds of times accidentally yeah. doing it. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I got so into just going, that was fucking stupid and I'm so mad about it. Cause I, yeah, cause so it's you've like, done you know, it now, right? No, <laughs> but you know how you sit there and go, God, that's so stupid and unreasonable. I know I'm going to do that one day. <laughs> yeah. It's not today, but one day I'm just going to go, so fuck you, I'm doing it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got, I got the. To be fair, that was that was a healing process. It was a self care thing. Getting the insane title. Yeah, the insane title in World of Warcraft requires a truly obscene amount of work for those that are not aware. It, mm. it took me about six to eight months. I think yes. to sum it up, you have to get friendly with two factions. If you do anything for either faction, the other faction hates you. Yeah, so <laughs> you have to do it in a very specific order, yeah. and it. Inv- I like. It was like, oh yeah, um, you also need to have a rogue. So I literally, this was back in uh, when top level was level 90. So I just leveled a human rogue to max level because that was easier than doing it with another character. Because humans have a bonus to their reputation. Yes, and rogues can pickpocket, which you need... You needed to turn in lockboxes for, I think, Ravenholt or something stupid. But yeah, um, (laughs) so that was fun. The hours I spent in fucking Tanaris, just like fan of knife, knives, knifing the fucking venture coat, like dudes. Oh my god! And like, there's a part in um, oh, uh, what is it? It's the something the the Arathi Highlands in the old like burnt out like area of just literally standing there on a dock, fan of knivesing. For, for for about three solid days. <laughs> no, it was more. And then there was another person who was doing it. Had also leveled a rogue. They were coming. It's like, oh, still at it. And I'm like, yeah, friend. <laughs> and we you like, <laughs> you always encounter like. So yeah, that was absolutely 
insane. I, I feel like Blizzard should probably send you a physical thing if you've actually managed to do it. <laughs> they should literally send me John Bernthal. Because it was that difficult. I do not believe Blizzard as a company has ownership over John Bernthal. Well, no, no, not ownership. That'd be really gross and weird. Basically, just them going, hey, um, so this, like, fucking person in the UK, uh, she got the insane title. Can we employ you for a very weird acting job? Would you be okay (laughs) with going over and just basically, like, pretending to be a big dog? And curling up in her lap so she can pet you. And only if, like, he'd be okay with it. Because otherwise that would be really weird and gross. And then I could just sit on the sofa just petting John Bernthal. So, um, he's married, isn't he? I, I, oh, yeah, his wife's got a consent yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say, I can yeah. imagine him being, like, on the phone to his wife. And being <laughs> hey, like, honey. So I've got this new job. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a weird sex thing. Uh, the pay's pretty good, though. Um... Yeah, definitely a weird sex thing. Yeah, I've got to be a dog. Yeah, yeah. No, no nothing like that. But you know, it's, they're definitely getting off to it. Yeah, no. Don't, I'll pick up some milk on the way home. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, that's, that's what I imagine. That's the thing. Is like, I, I, I do kind of like, I, I do kind of don the title of Thirst Queen. But at the same time, if you know, if if John Berthel, like, you know, after being contacted by Blizzard Entertainment, wouldn't be interested, then I'd be like, well, that's that's a shame. But I appreciate... you would accept a cash prize. I would instead. accept a cash prize, or maybe John Berthel just sending me a thing, like, you know, being like, hey, picture of his thigh, uh, <laughs> a detailed yeah. letter as to why he doesn't want to be your dog. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even literally need to explain. A cease and no desist. is a complete sentence, so <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah, literally That's a cease and desist. This like, is a restraining stop. order gets sent to you. That's it. <laughs> wow. It's just it's an A4 piece of paper just scrawled on, stop fucking talking about me, weirdo. And then I'd be like, <gasps> John Bernthal knows who I am. You stay away from me, right? <laughs> Snipe, you don't act right, John Bernthal. <laughs> That would be your proudest possession. <laughs> I have no idea how we got here. Matthew, please yeah. carry on. So yeah, Escapists, I really want to enjoy it because in theory I should enjoy this game. So I'm going to stick at it and have a report back. I, okay. I'm proud of you. You got this. Yeah. That's me done. Um, I'm okay. sorry to hear about your dad. <laughs> My dad. You see, we've, we've all yeah. said that. It's going to be really awkward now when you're like, you know, you go into the uh, loft or something and you find his collection of like SS memorabilia. Yeah, but the thing is, it's going to be even more awkward because he's not ideologically a Nazi or a fascist or anything like that. He just, he, it's just all PVC SS uniforms because it's a sex thing. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure that's better. <laughs> Well, it's, I, th- it's, I, I mean, I did I ever t- did I ever tell you about Dirty Sanger's um, where he found his dad's porn collection? Did I fuck, fucking tell you about this? Um, I believe you have, but I think the internet needs to know. Uh, not least because this is a person who is referred to by the moniker of Dirty Sanger. Yeah. Okay. So a guy I went to college with, um, Dirty Sanger. Yeah. Because he was, oh, he was he was a he was a grubby little man. Oh, he was dreadful. He, like, he would just, like, sit there and be like, <sighs> might go home and have a wank. <laughs> and we were like, all right, all right, Sanger. Okay, thank you for that. Like, just just I please mean, wash your hands afterwards. I am all, like, he wouldn't. No, of course No, he he's, wouldn't. He's Dirty Sanger. Yes. Why would he? Dirty Sanger, <laughs> like, the most uh, peak thing Dirty Sanger ever did was he got really fucking lashed on tequila um, at a hostel in London Passed out face down in the hallway, threw up multiple times, so he had sick and God knows what else matted in his hair, and then didn't shower for the rest of the week. 
<laughs> he was like staying there. So that gives you some good insight into Dirty Sanger. He like he would go through his his mum his, his like dad's porn collection because I don't know why. It's like why would you ever <laughs> want to see what your parents get off to? That is so fucked. But he would just do that, and he was like. Yeah, so I found this DVD and it was like I can't. It was like 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 Lust in the Bunker or something weird like that. <laughs> when it was set in like World War Two Nazi Germany, and it was like this this SS officer like boning a bunch of like women in a dungeon, and he was like, oh, it was really weird. So I was like cranking it, and then he like he he like pulls out this like he pulls his dick out this woman's mouth and like just spaffs all over her back, then Nazi salutes and screams, Hail Mein Fuhrer, while he's jizzing. And he's like, I'm gonna be honest, I couldn't come after that. (laughs) Yeah, mate. Now, why were you watching Nazi pornography? What did you expect? Yeah, what did he expect? (laughs) This is like an episode made of things that should be a podcast title, (laughs) but we absolutely can't use as a podcast title. (laughs) That's literally me. But yeah, God, what a weird little man he was. Yeah, I mean, at least he could. At least uh, the sight of someone like glorifying Adolf fucking Hitler was a line that he could draw and was like, oh, "I can't masturbate to that." No, it so was, you know, no, he, it wasn't that. It was just because it was out of nowhere and it ruined his immersion. Oh, so he has to. The, the, his porn has to have uh, verisimilitude. Yes, apparently. Okay. So yeah, he was he was on board with it up until the guy just spaffed and just shouted. Out of nowhere, hail, hail Hitler or whatever. I mean, to be honest, that sounds like that would uh, that is uh, very in, in in keeping with the spirit of the pornography thus far. But uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe there was a nuance to that character that meant that it didn't feel mm. like he would say that, and that we're just missing that from Dirty Sanger's retelling of Lust in the Bunker. I don't know if that was his <laughs> actual name, but it was something like that. Or like Lieben in like like Love Her in the Bunker or something weird. I don't know. Mm. It was it. I can't remember. But yeah, so... I can't remember how I got here. What, like, this, oh, yeah, this story, in, the insinuating podcast? Insinuating that, uh, like, Drummer Matt's dad is into that kind of porn. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. We're very sorry I'm to sorry. Drummer Matt's dad. I'm sorry, Mr. Um, Webb, don't be mad at we, me. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't believe that you are a Nazi, uh, either ideologically not, not or a as a sex Nazi. thing. We don't um, believe you're a sex Nazi. Oh, we should probably get off this subject. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. Sorry. I. Oh, I've only had like an hour's sleep. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, we're not responsible for the the Matt's dad thing because Matt totally did that. Um. Yeah, he brought that on himself. I am blameless. I mean, maybe not that far. Mm. Um. I feel that we should now move on to Snipes' section and... Are you sure that's wise? And try and forget all that has come before this. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but Drummer Matt has to ask me, otherwise it's not special. Okay, Snipe. Hey. What have you been up to? Oh, not much. All right, okay. Questions? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've I've been having some rough mental health times, so I've not been really doing much new. Um... Uh, I did mention A Way Out last uh, last podcast, which I've been playing through on stream with Longfang. We finished it, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but holy fucking hell, that ending hit like a truck. <laughs> 
It was mm. really well done. It reminded me of like, you know, the campiness of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Which kind of almost in a way makes the serious emotional parts hit that much harder. I'd say it absolutely does that because yeah. it means that it, it doesn't have just a weighty tone all the way through. It means that you get the contrast. Exactly. And it basically does that. So A Way Out is just bananas. It's got some really shitty, just tediously bad gameplay parts. But the actual story, the characters, and just the weirdness of it does keep you... It, it sustains you through. The ending... There was... the Oh my goodness. Like, just everyone was kind of going like, Oh. Oh, okay. They are expecting fun pet the cow times. But we didn't pet the cow. Not this time. Not this time. But yeah, no, I, I'm not going to say any more about it because I don't want to spoil it because it was such a, whoa, okay, right? But yeah, um, uh, oh, also, um, a lovely person suggested that I listen to the Magnus Archives podcast and I think I'm on episode like 107. <laughs> I have been burning, that is so good. You remind me of the archivist, Wib. Because you talk fancy. <laughs> and you... Like, there's a part in it, I was just like, this is like peak comedic wib, where um, he's reading a statement. Because the uh, the premise of the Magnus Ar- Archives is um, we follow the main character, John Sim, like Jonathan Sims, who is the head archivist of the Magnus Institute, which is like a, a, a fancy old institute that investigates and just takes statements of people who've come in and gone. So... There was, I was living in a haunted house and they tell them all about it. Um, and he's taking over from the previous archivist because, um, you know, cause she, like she left and, uh, basically she just haphazardly, just, she saw filing as a mere recommendation and <laughs> half the, half the ones he's reading out won't record digitally. So he has to use it on this old tape player. So it's got that really nice, warm kind of tape sound mm, on it as well. It makes you want to fall asleep. Yeah, it's nice. Yes. And it's like, you know, so he goes through and he reads the statements of people who've come in and gone, like, you know, oh, this, I, I, when I was, like, uh, living in, in, like, Leicester or whatever, there was a spooky guy who would show up and I don't think he was, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then he kind of adds in at the end, especially in the early ones, he's a hell of a lot more cynical. And he's like, well, that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> and he, he speaks very fancy. And he there is one part that reminds me of a joking you, which is he's reading one out. And, uh, well, well uh, Sasha, his assistant, comes in and that is, she's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And it's like, oh, OK. And she was like, oh, is that how that word's pronounced? Because he's just said a fancy word. And mm. he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's how you pronounce it. And she was like, I've always heard it like this pronunciation. And he's like, mm, yeah, that's from the Americans. And they both go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, that is so beautifully English. <laughs> of just like, just the kind of, mm, Americans don't pronounce things good. I have now advanced to a point in which I use both American and English pronunciations of words to annoy people. Yeah, you like you, interchangeably, which, which is cool. I it's a bit like that. how in Codex Compliant, uh, I always write it in uh, that we vary between saying codexes and codices. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, to, fun. 
to be annoying. Yeah. Uh, but also because uh, there is the proper real world pronunciation of it and the official GW pronunciation of it. Mm. And uh, they say a GW officially says codexes, mm-hmm. but it should be codices. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I write both of them and, and use them interchangeably, just to, and sometimes in the same sentence, to, <laughs> just because that makes me laugh. Yeah. Anyway, Magnus Archives, very cool. The characters are incredibly likeable, very, very well written, very, very well acted. Um, I am, well, well, I guess I'm uh, I'm biased because I'm apparently married to the archivist, but... (laughs) 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 But yeah, it's just, it's really nice. And there's like, there's moments where like, you know, someone will come in and they'll just have, like, it'll just be like an offhand chat like, oh, oh, thanks, do you want a cup of tea? No, no, I'm a bit teed out. You know, that kind of, like, just really natural dialogue. And it's it's it really gives so much feeling to the characters. And, and like, it makes them feel incredibly three-dimensional. Because mm. um, a lot of the main people are English, aren't they? Yes. Uh, and I do think if there's one thing that... Um, that uh, as... Uh, in, in Britain, we are good at, uh, aside from... Um, creating all of the world's problems a hundred and fifty years ago and then pretending like we're not responsible mm-hmm. um, is um, doing doing supernatural things but with a level of mundanity that <laughs> yeah. that really accentuates them because it makes them feel more real yeah no, um, I mean I, I'm a big fan of English like stoicism mun- mundane supernatural stuff honestly it is it is cool there are some kind of more fantastical elements that kind of uh, occur which honestly i think is handled incredibly well um it's not just out of the blue bullshit is silly but it's like it's kind of fun because especially early on um like when say he's reading statements and it'll be like oh yes and then this happened and then like yeah i'll get to the end and go yeah, it's incredibly unlikely, and I feel that this person is just making it up, or, you know, like, e- this is easily explained with, you know, doing research on the buildings, um, like, uh, health and safety records. It's obvious that this was probably just an overactive imagination, and, like, things like that. I mean, like I say, he does get less c- cynical over time, but it is still fun to basically sit there and go, yeah, like, that fucking happened. Like, you know, the biggest problem with, like, uh, no sleep stories and creepy pastas is, like, Oh, I I went to work and there was there was this Juan looking monster and she ate she was eating a dog and then and then she's she's holding a lost episode of Dragon Ball Z where Vegeta commits suicide and like there is like Slender Man is there and it's just it's just so over the top and I can't ridiculous. believe I got grudged again. It's like, oh no, I've been grudged, fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like some things kind of veer on that because it feels because the person writing the statement is a bit more fantastical. Mm. Um and there's oh, it's so intense. Like I was literally like shopping when I was listening to one episode and I literally just wandered around for like five, ten minutes before I realized I wasn't actively looking at anything. I was just really engaged <laughs> in, the, in the story. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. No, I need noodles. What am I doing here? But yeah, no, oh, it's, thank you to whomstsoever uh, recommended that to me. I think a couple of people did. And mm. I'm incredibly grateful because it's fantastic. And if you like kind of spooky, kind of like audio, like audio radio show kind of things, then I can definitely recommend the Magnus archives. Very, very good. Mm. 
Also, Martin is a darling, and I want to hug him. He's he's the like the um, office assistant who's just like the little uh, oh uh, hi sorry to interrupt. I just uh, wanted to um, ask if you wanted a cup of tea. You know, like that kind mm. of. It's, he's so cute. Everyone everyone <laughs> in an office environment has met a Martin, and he is a darling. But yeah. Um, and the last thing I've been doing is I don't know if I mentioned. Um, I don't think I'd started at this point, but uh, the Long Dark, I I've been playing that. I got the survive twenty four days or whatever it was for the uh, Winter's Embrace event. I got the badge oh, nice. for that. Hold well on. Thank you. That was I literally haven't played it since, and I probably won't. Like, well, no, I haven't played that mode since because it was just so mm. difficult. Mm. Um, but yeah, I it also possesses a bunch of challenges so there's one called the hunt or the hunted i think where you basically start off getting mauled by an unkillable grizzly bear that's got like it's it's full of arrows and it's so fucking metal honestly uh and then like you're you are being hunted by like a a, like a metal album a gigantic black bear who is basically you can't kill it uh, until you need to get all the way to a specific location and shoot it with a gun, like a, a rifle that you find there. Nothing else will kill it, and it will. F- it follows you all the time. And the thing is, like bear attacks in the long dark, you've got like clothing durability. So like, the more wrecked your clothes are, the less protection they offer, like from like wind or snow or like like waterproof kind of things, or like durability. So like you know. Um, so, so yeah. And like, if something reaches zero durability, you can't ever repair it. It just ruined, it's ruined and you have to just throw it away and it offers no bonuses. So you start off getting mauled by a bear, which brings you down to 9% health and ruins all of your clothes. That's just what a standard bear attack does. That is the worst part about being attacked by a bear, how it, it completely you- <laughs> ruins your outfit. It does. It absolutely does. And you have to basically fuck off. So it has like little things like that. That's kind of playing with the format um there's there's one called there's, amusingly there's like the archivist which i got by accident <laughs> while doing the nomad challenge now the nomad challenge is um basically go through uh the game because like the maps the, the whole map is fucking huge mm. um there's a lot of walking which is why i turned on the accessibility function of auto walk which is a godsend let me tell you <laughs> um and you basically just have to visit certain points and spend three days there. Uh, so I, I think you start in Pleasant Valley, which is a bit tricky because there's a few farm buildings and stuff, but they're quite few and far between. There, are, There's bears there. There's a possible moose spawn. I have been attacked by a moose, and let me tell you, that shit is dire. <laughs> you do not want to be attacked by a moose. I think moose are... They're the, monsters. Moose, they are terrifying. Moose are the closest things in real life to a kaiju. Yeah. They're like <laughs> fucking, like, they can be like two and a half meters tall. They like, are like I'm so sure impossibly about... tall. They are incredibly, we, as humans, if a moose wants to do something, we have no point it's, in it's, like trying to object to them. They're, they're like, just going to do it. They're like Canadian hippos. Yes. They will fucking walk through you. <laughs> Except moose are weird and spindly and, and very obvious. Nobly and weird. They're, they're more monstrous, I feel, than yeah. hippo. Which is why yeah. I, 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 do, I'm go, I will go to my grave defending that, that moose are kaiju. They're, they're, they're terrible, scary boys. Yes. 
But yeah, so like, you start in, like, I started in Pleasant Valley, and it's basically just, uh, like, go to this area, so it's like, I think there's one place which, um, there's, there's an old church in Desolation Point, which is not a clever name. Uh, <laughs> is it nicer than Pleasant Valley? No. It's worse. Not as bad as the Bleak Inlet, but fuck that fucking place. I hate it. <laughs> uh, but there's all there's also um like like crushed to death by Rocks Valley. That's actually the easiest place in the game to survive. No, that's a mystery lake. It's very nice. Or coastal town, which is quite nice okay. too. I think that is for intermediate players. But yeah, there's also another one called Milltown. Um, which is just a little a tiny little town. I think it's technically a village. Actually, I'm sure. I'm sure all the architectural nerds. Technically, it's a hamlet. Actually, it probably is more of a hamlet. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, like, so you know, you got to go. Oh, spend three days and all these. Like, you, I showed you the list. It is a fucking long list. Yeah. Um. So that's not only like so you know so for argument's sake, there's like twenty five locations, let's say, and I have to spend three days in each of them. So that means that I have to. Account for travel time. Think of the best route to get where. Which I started in the Pleasant Valley, and I went all the way to like. Oh, I think I I went all the way to the other like end of the map, and then I let I had Timberwolf Mountain was my last place to stay, and that that journey took me like four actual hours because I was so far out, and I had a lot of gear on me because you know you basically you're living out out of a backpack yeah i did see because watching you do this challenge of going from these one places to the other and you gained it's so not a much, straight line either yeah you gained so many resources i'd like look over and your character is literally moving at a snail's pace down yeah. a road and i'm like can't you move any faster? You're like, no, I've got too much stuff. I'm like, can you leave any of that stuff? And you're like, like no, no, I need it. Like, oh, it's like, okay. no, I need a backup pry bar because you can't repair pry bars. I need a backup toolbox because you can't like, you can't repair tools. And you know, like, and I need like, I need all this because X, Y, Z. So like, I mean, I managed it. It's just, it was just taking it slowly and chilling. So how many in-game days did it take you to complete this challenge? 106. Okay. How many places did you have to stay? Like twenty-five or something like that. Uh, I can't really like around like it's a high number. And yeah. It's, and you can overstay because like the farmhouse in Pleasant Valley, I stayed nearly a week there <laughs> because it was like a good middle point. So I would leave a bunch of firewood or like bullets or like maybe I like I had like three fucking revolvers at one mm. point, which they're very rare. I now have, I would leave those at certain places as well. I have a more upsetting question for you. Uh, how many hours did that take you in real time? <laughs> uh, honestly, nearly 60. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not just moving back and forth. It's not just travel time. You have to get food. Mm-hmm. You have to hunt. You have to, oh shit, there's a black bear directly in my path. And I can't run, so I'm just going to have to go the long way up this mountain. What I what I remember from it is that when you first started it, like, wolves being, like, an issue for you. But then by the end of it, you were just, like, any I was time... baiting them. I yeah. was literally, like, going out and dropping a bunch of, like, gore and viscera and just standing there with my fucking rifle going, come on, man. I need because I had, like wolves like... would attack you and you just you'd be so loaded down with stuff you couldn't even loot them. 
Yeah. But the- <laughs> and the thing is, like, I made myself a wolf skin coat. And if you make, like, special kind of animal skin stuff, they have they have certain bonuses. So, like, you can, with bear hide, you can make, like, a bear skin, like, cloak, like, 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 um, jacket. So, and that means, basically, predators will just stay the fuck away from you, because they're, like, he, they are wearing a bear <laughs> Fuck this. (laughs) Or, like, you know, so it's, like, little bonuses, but then there's other things where it's, like, I think the the bear skin, like, coat weighs, like, five kilos, which is an outrageous Mm. amount for one piece of clothing. Well, it is made of bear. It is made of bear. So, you know, oh, God. Okay, so I killed my first bear. Sorry, Longfang. I killed my first bear in, like, 160 hours. I I shot it in the head and it ran away. Then I shot it in the head as it charged me and it died literally like would you say like 30 40 centimeters away from me <laughs> I, I i'd say a lot more than that from what you showed me but it felt like it was it was up. it was like in i know in in you ha- it's very hard to have a, a true scale in in like a video game because it well, looked about it, like once it gets within a certain amount it kind of auto grabs you yeah because it looked about 10 feet away from what was, you showed me no, no, it was much closer than that. Like Prince, so, uh, ten foot is too close for a bear. Yeah, yeah, like well, that's the yeah. point. Like <laughs> ten, ten miles, a hundred feet is too close to a bear. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, and I managed to pop it in the face, and I managed to harvest thirty-six and a half kilograms of meat. Literally, I was holed up in Mystery Lake for like a week just because I was like, well, I can't go anywhere with this much meat on me because I'll attract more bears and I'll kill them and then I'll have another like 40 kilograms of meat and I'm going to be stuck here, which is such a first world problem. But I was super proud of myself. You were overburdened with meat. Overburdened with meat. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. But yeah, um, so, you know, kind of like, and also walking the sales space because I had to carry so much on me. Like, you know, I had to carry a lot of firewood because, like, I don't know why, but on my... Because, like, you know, it's all random. It's Shit. like... What? I just realised it. You, you're you now no better than us. What? Playing a game where you... Where the main thing is you very slowly going from point A to point B for the only reason of going from point A to point B. You are... It's like when I got obsessed with Elite Dangerous and it's like when Matt got obsessed with, like truck simulators okay that's you know what i'll give you half a point there because in the long dark you actually have gameplay it's not just moving from one place to another oh, no, there's, there's, i have to there's hunt. tons of there's tons i have of... to find firewood i have to set traps i have to skin and harvest things i no, have no, to no, craft no, no. No, there's loads of gameplay in elite dangerous like that i just never engaged with it i just went from planet to planet okay you see i was actually playing the game so you know <laughs> But yeah, it took me so long to do, but it was it was really cool, and that was like 106 days was my record. And annoyingly, I thought I could just continue afterwards. No, mm. it just ends the challenge and goes. There you go, you did good. Do you want to try again? And I was like, Yeah, I would like to have it just let me carry on. Yeah, so I've got like a survival mode now, um, where I got a new badge, which is spend 100 days outside, which gives you when you equip it plus two degrees to your permanent temperature which let me tell you is is not insignificant so basically you're always running a slight fever without being like sick oh my god i ate like fucking like a can of rusty condensed milk and got really sick yeah you will it was horrible and then i had to take antibiotics don't ever do that 
for any reason unless you absolutely have to but yeah it's like in in game I'm not you sure have I'm to okay. take antibiotics sure I'm... because you get food poisoning and then you have to sleep for a solid 10 fucking hours i'm just gonna say i'm not okay with you putting out the don't take antibiotics as a statement no don't take antibiotics unless it's absolutely necessary that's what i said okay yeah yeah. yeah. How and then is if that it is absolutely necessary, stick with the whole course, because otherwise yeah. you create superbiotics. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, don't do it unless it's absolutely necessary, and then take every fucking thing mm. as prescribed, because holy shit. But yeah, and yeah, so I was like, oh no, I got David Hayter sick on condensed milk, that's the worst. I'm absolutely 100% <laughs> sure you will, be a, you will have done that previously in a Metal Gear game. Um... I did in Metal Gear Solid 3. Oh my god, that's why I love this game so much. It's basically all the survival elements of Metal Gear Solid 3. Yeah. Except that I still it, wish does, that there was does a David way... Hater go, mmm, tasty? No, but when he picks up certain things, he can, he can go, excellent. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I'm in the middle of a blizzard, but damn, am I hot. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I also like he has like a couple of moments of forcing a really, really slapstick Canadian accent. Oh. So like you're walking through like um and like if you get really, really tired, he goes, Oh, I'd lay down here if I thought I'd ever get up again. <laughs> like, oh my god, David, what are you doing? <laughs> it's honestly it makes me laugh every time yeah. I hear it. <laughs> I mean I'm English, so I can barely tell the difference between a Canadian and American accent anyway. It's completely different. Like I know, like obviously, like a broad Canadian one, I can I can get, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. half the time I'll go, oh, that person's Canadian. Oh wow, no, I, feel I can't, bad. I can't tell either. <laughs> I, I I talk a good game, but yeah, and like yeah, so I I managed to do that, and that was really freaking cool, mm. and I felt very accomplished and awesome and badass. Cool. So cool. yeah, and that's basically all I've been up to, apart from doing a monumental amount of code breakers. <laughs> you have got very obsessed with doing code breakers. Yes. Well, remember when, like we, like we, like when we were first dating, I got super obsessed with them, and I filled out like three solid books, and then I just didn't touch them for ten years. Yeah, what, what, what's code breakers? Sorry. A code breaker. It's like a crossword puzzle kind of thing where oh, okay. um, it, you get like a box where um, every box has its own number that corresponds to a letter of the alphabet, but you don't know what what number corresponds oh, yeah, to yeah, which okay, letter. Yeah, yeah. Sort it of gives... halfway between Sudoku and, like, Crossword. Yeah. Mm. Um, I yeah, really yeah. like them because it's just, it's just interesting. Yeah. But the one I've got, I got from a cheap, like, uh, art shop, and it's... It is not very good. Oh, because... God, we're back on the fascists again, aren't we? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, like, multiple times, one of the words has been the Ku Klux Klan... Um, um, you've had eugenics, haven't you? Have had eugenics in there, um, and I'm just like, um, right, okay, and like it's like it's it's obviously an algorithm, like just plucking words. Well, the thing is, like, there are two reoccurring things that I literally now it's just free letters for me. Mm. So it's like there's one that's monkey puzzles. Okay. Which is just, that is repeated like every third code breaker. And jumping off place, which is a little bit more rare at about like double that. But like, it's still like, oh, I noticed this is, this begins in J and has a bunch of F's in it. Yep, it's that one again. <laughs> so, yeah. And I've, I've burned through a couple of pens doing those, which shows you how many, how much I've been doing them. So that's been fun. Keeping me, my brain mm. busy. 
But yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, let's uh, let's go to the questions of this podcast. Um, now, we of course have the new email. What is the new email there, Snow? Great question. Oh, uh, the drummer Matt at gmail.com. So if you wish to One send word. us questions, send it to the drummer Matt at gmail.com. Um, I'm kicking myself now because it should have been only dramamat at gmail.com. Yeah, it should have been, but... Um... But I did it because, like, you guys kept, like, negging me because, like, you were like, oh, you said you'd do it, but you didn't. And I'm like, okay, fuckos. <laughs> Guess what, Pilgrim? I'm fucking doing it. It's oh. fine. It's fine. It's uh, There has been some dissent uh, with us changing the email. Yes, there has. Yes. I think it's a, a lot of playful stuff, but still, there is a tone of seriousness. Some people <laughs> are not happy that we change the email address to something that normal humans feel comfortable sending emails to. Um, I, I, I'm with them on this, but, you know, I was outvoted. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> I mean, outvoted just... by one of us out of the three, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, both of you seem to be broadly in favour of it. Well, no, uh, I was aggressively in favour of it. <laughs> okay, well, I got outvoted by um, the fact that it was it was my wife saying that uh, this, this needed oh, to be done. Oh, don't reinforce that boomer shit. No, no, I mean... Wife said no. Uh, fuck off. No, I just mean that I, I know you well enough to know that, that you're not going to back down on this. So, yeah, okay, let's just do it. My stubbornness is a virtue. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, well, anyway, I've che- I checked both emails. I'm not setting up a forwarding thing because I want to be able to not get... Because like, if you forward it, Gmail doesn't do redirecting. So it'd just be forwarded. So all the emails would come up as being from the other one. So I think yeah. it'd just be complicated. But anyway, yeah. I, it's easy enough to check them both. And we had about half and half in terms of which email address they went to. We will be slowly phasing it out. So use thedramamat at gmail.com. I won't be. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> I know, but I'm threatening them so that it makes it a bit easier. Even even when we try and like do something, we still do it the shittest possible. Hey, way. don't bring me into this. That was drama Matt's shitting, not mine. Well, it's, it's just as easy to check both because like you just take oh on the top. Oh my god, and Matt, change, shut the so. fuck up and read the questions. God okay, dang. let's fly through them relatively quickly. <laughs> um, first up, let's see. Let, let's go with this. Um, Erdvert's let up. No. Oh, I had it in my head. Erdvert's little. Erdvert's little. Yes. Okay. I, Bless you. I had, there's, there's lots of umlauts. I had it in my head how exactly Heck to pronounce yeah. it, and then it just didn't come out of my mouth right. Look, dude, just ask Ruth. She can speak German. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> makes it worse, almost. Anyway, wow. this isn't a question. as a bit of recommendation. Um, so they just listened to a podcast, and you guys and Longfang came to mind. So there's a podcast. It's a parody slash side story but off from the original Star Trek series. Okay, called... so this isn't for me. Okay, fine. I'm going to dock out, nerds. <laughs> well, it's called Ensign's Log. Yes, I am familiar with that. Uh, Steve Shives does it. Oh, you like Steve Shives? Yeah, he does some good Star Trek content. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's quite good, apparently. And I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, I've been meaning to listen to it. Okay. Next up, Lars. Amongst many emails, most of which were train set related, which I won't go into, but quite an impressive train set going on. Um, the question, what is thy opinion on Bardcore? Define is, is this that thing where people take modern songs and then recreate them as medieval songs, both yes. musically and adjusting the lyrics to fit in more? 
Honestly, I think it's a really interesting uh, creativity, you know, like an experiment of creativity and kind of like seeing how it would like translate. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's not something that I personally it's listen to, but it's cool. It's also nice to see cool. people playing lutes and shit nowadays. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's pretty rad. Yeah, I... Oh, God. I was going to say, I, I find it, it's something that I, I find very interesting and it's cool that people do it, but I don't, I don't really listen to it like casually. Cause I'm it's, glad it exists. You know, I've got it. Yeah. 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 I have all those sentiments, and I'm I'm not going to have a go at anyone who likes it. But I'm incredibly disappointed by it. Really? I thought it was going to be like hardcore punk, but with loots and shit. Oh, that would be rad. Yeah, yeah. right. That's why because it's like barred hardcore. That's what it should oh. be. You want, and then you I want, and then um, I YouTubed it, and it wasn't that, and now I hate it because it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> this reminds me of we had a conversation about flavored rice cakes, and you got really mad. Because, uh, like, you hate them so much because I offered you one. You were like, no, betrayal. I refuse to eat them. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, the, the like, I ate a chocolate rice cake and it was really tasty. And then someone offered me one and I thought it was going to be, like, a chocolate one or, like, a sweet one. But it was actually, like, Texas barbecue flavor. And I have been emotionally yeah. scarred. <laughs> yes. So, like, like it's, it's the this again. ones are objectively good, but I hate them because I can't get over that Because they lie to thing. you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so I, I think I'm like this. Like, I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this could be cool, but I hate it. I this don't is, know why that reminded truly... me of a really delicious scone I had today. It was so good, dude. Oh. Okay, we're not talking about that scone, what you ate today. It was like the size of my fist, which is mighty and large. Matthew, ask <laughs> the next question. Okay, uh, Angus, we've got hello. a question for each of us and an overall question. Okay. Web. Are we getting a Grot Rebellion video anytime soon? Some point, yes. Okay, good. Night. <laughs> do you I... have any weird recommendations? Which is a very dangerous question, I feel. Um... <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. I would recommend the dating the dating simulator coming out on top. Um, and I would recommend you don't go out and date any of the hot men there. Just stay in and feed your fish. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I remember that now. Okay, good. Um, my question was, do I have a YouTube channel? And I do not. One day, maybe. I'd love to. I really enjoy the very limited amount of video editing I've done. I've really enjoyed it. I, I want to have a YouTube channel just so I can edit some videos. But you know, I don't know what it would be and I have no time. I mean, well, you, you know, could just edit all of our stuff and we wouldn't pay you or anything. That, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, there is the whole there is the whole thing of the um, we've been making videos for uh, eight years now, which is terrifying. <laughs> well, under um, the snipe and web guy. Under the snipe and web thing, we did make some videos before that, but we don't talk about those because. No, we're and terrible. I made videos before that, which I don't ever. Do. We don't talk about those. No. Uh, those the, the dark times. Yeah. Um, the dark age of Windows Movie Maker. Um, but uh, but you know we've never known what we're doing at any point, and we just went ahead and did it. Yeah, um, and look I, how well that went. Look how well that is. We're <laughs> moderately successful in a niche field. <laughs> oh my god, we were at, we we're uptown the other day, and um, a viewer like came up to us and asked for our autograph, oh, and like they they they, they were they were a little bit nervous, but they 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 were like. Because I, I complimented on their pen because it was really cute. It was like a pink kind of twisty pen. And on the um, the clip, it had like a little like Pegasus. And I was like, oh, this pen is so cute. And they were like, thanks. Yeah, I, I saw you guys having like lunch in the food court. And I went and bought the pen and this notepad so you could write on it. And I was like, oh, what an absolute treat. 
treasure? And they had the, <laughs> they had the most gorgeous nail varnish as well. So yes, hello nice. to that person if they happen to be listening. Yes, hello. Thanks for coming <laughs> up. It was lovely to meet you. But yeah, it was just that reminded me and it was just like, oh, just makes my heart happy. Anyway. Yeah. Good. Um, question to all of us. Yes. What is our favourite, I guess individually rather than collectively, what is our favourite cu- current model? So not any old school models, the, out of the current available, presumably Games Workshop models. Um, for me, it's probably the Leviathan Dreads. Um, I fucking mm. love those models so much. I'm going to say Gothazar Harvester because it's just got so much of what I like. It's <laughs> dreadnought shaped. It's fucking covered in skulls. It is it's made literally of skulls. <laughs> it really is just beautiful. I love it. It is skulls holding more skulls. I didn't know I wanted that until I saw the Gothazar Harvester. Yeah. I should really get one one day, but I. It's a lot of money for a model just to paint. I get you. You know I what I mean? You. Yeah. Drummer Buck, what about you? I really. I was going to say it's some of the Gene Stealer Court vehicles, but actually thinking about them, I actually really like all the Orc, the New York vehicles. You know, they're the racing car type ones. Mm. I've forgotten what the name of them was. Oh, called. yeah, there's like the shock drum. There's a shock yeah, jump dragster there's a, there's a, and the, there's a squig one or something. And uh, the um, fucking uh, rooker truck squig buggy, I think it's called. Yeah. Also, well, I want to like half and half with my answer. Also, the scythe hero jewel because it's beautiful and I love it and it's a beautiful baby boy and I'll own it one day. <laughs> Sorry, drum, I might carry on. Sorry, yeah, was no, it ro- all those rubber baby trucking bumpers? Yeah, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rocker truck squig buggy. That's I what I said. That's what I said. I didn't. I didn't say I was a fan of the name. <laughs> it's ridiculous, even I, I, for yeah. orcs. And I'm that's probably, honestly why I like it. Things. I'm probably wrong with the name. I've never been able to internalize the name of any of the new ones. The nah. new buggies. So you're just like, oh, truck, truck. That <laughs> you've is. Been hit by, you've just, been struck yeah. by. Truck. truck. It's just a new buggy to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I really like them. Mm. That's um, fair. Next up, Seth. Hello. What What is your favourite piece of fluff for a model you've made? Um, that was you just went for every octave there. How yes. that feel? <laughs> you pissed off some dogs. You've angered some deep ones. You're doing terrific. Um, I I always kind of liked my my old. Like I used to, have, I mean, I've still technically got it, but I've not used it in many editions. A Deathwing army, um, which was the the Sons of Desolus, who were like a they they were a chapter that became a Deathwing army, not out of choice, but out of like necessity, um, because basically their entire chapter got e- got eaten by orcs, basically. Except for the vague remnants of the fourth company, who were the ones who were last ones left, uh, and the first company who just happened to be off somewhere, and so that's why most of them are Terminators, and that was sort of my whole shtick. But their their de facto chapter master was uh, a, a guy I had called Captain Solomon, who had made who was made out of the old Forge World Mark IV kit, mm. uh, but with bits of chaos of like the old Chaos Marine kit that I'd. Um, scraped off all the old bits off so he looked sort of like old-fashioned marine stuff um and he was uh you know his whole thing was that he had uh he was the person that basically saved the chapter it was him that did it even though the chapter master got murdered by orcs and even though he is their de facto leader he does not take on the mantle of chapter master because he doesn't believe that the chapter should have 
that until it is reformed as its foot in you know back at full strength. Uh, so he is he is the chapter master, but he is the fourth company captain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of fond of that. Um, He's cool. I don't think I've ever mentioned that before. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that was like the whole backstory I had for him. And yeah, just, unfortunately, I just never really did anything. And like the way the the chapter is like organized, that the force isn't really legal anymore. Yeah. So mm. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with these old this old Terminator army I've got. <laughs> so I'll figure. I out. saw there's a special place in my heart for the Sons of Desolus. Yes. Um, mine would probably have to be. I have an Iron Priest, and she has a retinue. She hasn't got a name yet. She like in my army like. I name the model after a trait I feel they exhibit during a fight. Hmm. Luca was, you know, lucky. Um, Ingvar the belligerent, well, that explains itself, etc., etc. Except he's called that because he kept falling off his base when you were painting him. <laughs> that's close, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, that's still something I noticed about the yeah. model, so that's kind of how I do it. Uh, she has a retinue of wolves. Not cyber wolves, just, just regular wolves. Because she prefers them to normal people or other marines, um, and she likes dreadnoughts a lot because you know she she just prefers that she prefers dreadnoughts and wolves to people. Uh, she is not a self insert. I've just realised. No, <laughs> but the thing is, she's she's uh, the strong silent type. So you obviously know it's not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, and she is just you know, and like all all the the dreadnoughts like chatting with her. Even though she is quite taciturn, because um, like my dreadnoughts aren't very chatty, apart from like Luca, who likes to just basically say something and then just sit there and listen to people talk. Mm. He's he's yeah, he's not really a speaker, but yeah, and he and she likes puppies because, well, they'll just come and hang out with you while you're doing stuff. Dogs are good. Yeah, basically. A controversial take from the misanthropon. <laughs> Shock horror, dogs are the best things in the world, oh my god. But yeah, so, you know, that's like, that's, that's a relatively new piece of lore for, for like, my uh, my Iron Priest, but she's really cool. And her health, health frost pistol is murder. Oh, it is. I do not like that thing. That's, that's kind of where I get the kind of, like, she's just so, like, she's just not interested in, like, talking that much. I remember that one game where... She walked through like an entire squad of wraith guard. Because yeah, you killed her wolves. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or you injured them. So yeah. she was like, okay, and just yeah, she fucking cut. Because uh, it came down to like one last one, and she just belted it with her hammer. Yeah, and it wasn't just pretty. fucking obliterated it. Um, so Matthew, I hope you're going to talk about Lefty. Because if you're not, we're gonna. I have mean, a it has to be Lefty. Lefty's the best. Lefty's lefty stood on a rock and then phased with the rock. That's a. <laughs> it's not really fluff. It's not really fluff. It's just a, he like just a has joke a rock we rock have rock. about a model. Yeah. You got a second yeah. hand. No, I don't really have too much to be honest. Because like my army is made. They're just their towel and their towel coloured because I started collecting them so long ago. I had no creativity then. Apparently. <laughs> mm, fair. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I've mentioned my plans for my Gene Steeler Court Army, which I, I quite like. I really, liked. really love but... the idea of that, and I can't wait to see them. Yeah, we'll get there one day. Yeah, and maybe about like eighteen years or so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe when I do that, I'll make a video about them and tick two things off. <laughs> Hi, YouTube three. <laughs> Hello, whatever platform replaces YouTube and hopefully doesn't have quite so much of a problem. It'll with, be uh, you, reactionaries. It'll be you three. YouTube. Yeah, okay. You three. Okay, so, Mikel, wow. wait a okay. What's the weirdest movie you've ever seen? 
The weirdest movie. For me, it's got to be Swiss Army Man. It's just flipping oh, weird. Yeah, that was... Oh, my fucking... <laughs> it, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's really good, but it it's really, really is. weird. And then halfway through, you're like, oh, I, wait a fucking minute. No. <laughs> it's really sweet, but then it's It is not, really sweet, but, it is. but then it's just like, wait. <laughs> yeah, you realise what you're watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Godzilla vs. the Smoke Monster is pretty fucking weird. Is that the one with the fish heads? Yes, it yeah. has the scene from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, except with fish heads and many years before. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a pretty weird one. Uh, I don't know, there was that one really cheap horror movie we watched that one time that was about the, the tickle monster. That oh, was, that was just a fetish movie in it was, size. It was totally a tickle fetish movie that they just... There's made literally, it a, yeah. a, There's a, literally a scene because we watched it like drama about you you Ruth Ash and Sarah and us we watched it didn't we I think mm. so because because like it was one of those where we we'd have like a get together every weekend and we were just like let's find a stupid movie and we found the back tickle in the monster. before times yeah in the, yeah before the I end think it times. was called Tickle Monster I think it was yeah and it was like there literally involves a scene where a guy tickles like the tickle monster tickles a person until they just bleed and die oh yeah people die from being tickled too much yeah yeah it's so fucking stupid it's and, a weird one but yeah um i'm trying to think because apart from like the tickle monster um because drama what did you say so, 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 um, yeah no that's that's solid yeah i mean yeah I, See, the one I always think... What about that one you watched the other week where a man fucks a hole in a wall? Oh, I've already talked about oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Weird. That um, is pretty weird. What was that called again? Uh, I don't remember. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That that was pretty weird, but the thing is, I've already talked about it, so I want to oh, pick yeah, a different yeah. thing. Um, I would say Ginger Dead Man 3. The where I can't remember the subtitle, but it's about basically... The Ginger Ink. Probably. Don't say that. Please, don't ever say that word again. Um, it was, it, but basically, it involved disco time travel and a roller rink. Oh yeah! And Gary Busey voices the ginger dead man, which is like a gingerbread, like a gingerbread man that was baked in a cursed bakery that gets possessed by like it's like a chucky situation where it gets possessed by an evil spirit of like a murderer it is very much a knockoff child's play it is it is yeah and like he literally calls some random woman a cunt and it was like that like that's still a joke between ash and me now because it's like porn star acting like this woman like flirting with this guy and they're, they're about to start fucking and she kind of like kicks him off and he's like hey, you wash and he just goes it just cuts to the ginger dead man poking out from behind, like, the roller rink, and he just goes, can't! And it's just like, okay. It was so awkward and weird. It was so awkward, unfunny, sexist, and just garbage that it's fucking hilarious. It, it, like, so looped bad. around from being so horrendously terrible that it becomes the most memorable thing about the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that... I mean, a close second was Razorblade Smile, which I'm pretty sure was filmed, like, in Matlock. Because <laughs> it starts off with this woman called Lilith, who's a vampire, and she goes, Let me start off by telling you, you know fuck all about vampires. And you're just like, oh, I'm in for a fucking treat. It literally <laughs> has a, like, she goes down on one of her vampire LARPers, and she's on a period. 
And she's like, oh, I like that because we're all vampire LARPers. And it's like, you, you just had to put that in there, didn't you? I mean, that's yucky. Yeah. That, that's yucky. <laughs> I don't like it. Especially because like, she was fully just like, hey, yeah, no, like go down on me and I won't tell you that I'm menstruating or anything. That's fine. It's like, I feel that it's common courtesy. It's like, it's like if you're going you're, you're gonna to do anal with someone and they don't tell you that they've had like four burritos in like the space of 15 minutes. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a courtesy thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. It's like, that. hey, just, just a heads up. I might just spray you with bodily fluids. I hope that's okay. But yeah, they also had a, just, does everyone remember that, um, that trick knife that you could buy at joke shops? Yeah. That had yeah. The, like the collapsible blade into the handle? Mm. They literally use that as a prop. They sellotape it to the side of a camera and they just get the the grip to, like, the cameraman to run at the guy. <laughs> Good. And it's so That sounds fun. pretty great, honestly. Yeah, and then the, the, <laughs> the, the, the final confrontation is between the woman and some old guy um, who's, like, an old vampire on, like, a hill in Matlock with a big rock and they just kind of, like, jump around and do, like, like slow-motion Tai Chi and then the knife thing ha- is really silly. Okay. And it's like to the point where like you could tell this has such a low budget. I actually own this on DVD as well. I cuz I saw it in a charity shop and I was like holy fuck. I thought I imagined it. <laughs> and like it's like she's just walking down like a street covered in terrace houses and it looks like, you know, you're on your way to your your fucking nan's barbecue. But she's trying to look like mistress of the night. And it's like, this is so weird. Mm. I will say, if if you want to have, like, uh, also just weird shit that, that I've seen, it's not, like, a super underground thing that no one's heard of, but uh, Videodrome's pretty fucking weird. Yeah, that's pretty All funny. hail the new flesh and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Existence as well. Which is, Existence yeah. is fucking bizarre, and it's it, like, carries, like, this video games cause violence, and if we get, like... I actually, uh, that's a movie that I want I want to watch again, because, um, oh, and I watched it. I no, was it's in... saying that basically kind of, like, in th- in the movie, it's like, VR will make you an actual killer and not be able to, there's, like, differentiate. I, there's, there's a lot more to it than that, and we watched it when we were a lot younger and a lot less good at consuming messages and media. I just remember the end scene being really silly. It is ve- it is a very silly movie, yes. Yeah. But I want to watch it's it again. It's Clash, but with Jude Law. I, I feel that I would I would get a lot more out of it now oh, than, absolutely, uh, yeah. than I did back then. Yeah. So I, I don't want to be too harsh to but it. But yeah, because... bunch of weird movies. Oh, I didn't say it was bad. I just said it was weird. Mm. But yeah. Okay, let's blast through the last few questions because okay. I've seen okay. what, how long we've been recording for. Right. <laughs> James. Hello. Thoughts on the Age of Sigma model range? Pretty good. They're really cool. I like um, the the Night Haunt and the Spooky Ghost Boys. Oh, uh, the uh, I've forgotten their name now. Oh, uh, the Osiok Bone Osiok Bone Reapers. Yeah, yeah, I like those two. They're really cool, and I wish they would just have like they would be one army, and they probably are. I can't remember. They're not, if... No, okay, I think they're... they are part of the same order because that is order yeah, death. Whole, yeah. yeah, shock horror. I like skulls, but yeah. Yeah, I think the the range is generally pretty cool. Like, I I totally understand. Like, um, there I think there is a niche missing for more realistic looking. Yeah, like, that's why medieval I'm, stuff. They're, they're redoing some stuff like that at some point. Yeah, um, I. So that that's what I'm looking forward to. But mostly because I think yeah, the Age of Sigma models are really cool. But because I want what they used to be like, I can't get my head to like the new ones, even though they are cool. So I think once the new 
Old World 40, um, Old World Warhammer stuff comes out, I'll be then be able to appreciate Age of Sigma stuff more. If that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, there's some really good stuff there. Mm. Gorgeous things. I mean, hell, I'm using some of the, uh, the, um, Gloom Spite gets uh, Squig Hoppers um, as commandos in my Grand mm. Rebellion, mm. so, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, a, yeah. a different James. Hello, different James. Me on the emails, but it was also, yeah. Um, so they've recently discovered a new technique to make painting their nids, and it makes it much less of a chore. Mm. So have any of us ever had a painting epiphany? No. Uh, you mean like when you go, oh wow, I could make this so much easier for myself mm. just doing this. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's not I, necessarily easier. Maybe dramatically better, but by changing something, you know, anything. Oh, well, it doesn't necessarily like, have to be, you know, making it. I had easier. a bit of an epiphany where the way I do gold, which, um, because uh, I would like just paint stuff shining gold and then just wash it up, and it always didn't look very good look to me. Dirty. It looked it, it did. It's like, I don't mind it looking dirty, but the thing is, it just kind of looked, it looked really yellowy, brassy, and kind of gross. So mm. it's like, and then I was like, hmm, I'm going to paint everything tin bits, which, God, I miss. Warblock bronze is not the fucking same. <laughs> and then just, you know, build it up from there, and then, like, very lightly highlight slash dry brush some gold on there, and it gives a really, really deep effect. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah, so and it goes very well with my overall colour scheme of being a little bit more kind of realistic and like darker kind of colours. So yeah. Mm. I mean I guess I guess um for me it was, you know, just learning um it was it was learning that like washers weren't to be scared of because I I know it's like a really basic thing now, but when I first started, uh washers didn't exist. They had mm. inks which were similar but not quite. Uh, they were notorious for being a bit awkward to use, and so I never went near them because everyone yeah. always told me they were a pain in the ass to use. Yeah. So I just didn't. Um, and I'm, then... still, I'm still in that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then um, I started using. I started using them. I actually initially made my own washes effectively. Um, what watering down paint? By watering stuff? down paint, um, and which doesn't get quite the same kind of thing. Oh, and no, then I started. And then once I started, I just got some like. Um, oh, what was the old black called? Before a normal oil, because I know there was obviously um, I can't remember there was Devlin mud, which was the equivalent Devlin of Agrax Earthshade. Uh, Devlin mud was a notoriously beautiful uh, thing, and Agrax so is nearly as good, but not quite. Yeah. Um, so I miss that, but yeah, just just kind of learning like to use them. Because I mean, ultimately, I think like a lot of stuff, um, it just boils down to figuring out that a lot of things aren't as scary as you think. Like, uh, I, I did a bit of OSL on something recently. Um, object oh, I source did. Lighting. I did some too. Yeah, and it's like, oh, all it is is just glazing. And glazing isn't scary either. You just, just water stuff down. It, it's just, you can't just jump in at that mm. point. You kind of have to build up to it. And like, yeah, a lot of it's just, yeah, just going it. I think batch painting's probably, I actually think about batch painting's the big one for me. Um, of that I just put it off for ages because I was like, oh, because it takes so long to paint like a full squad. If I do them individually, at least then I'll end up with like a couple of finished ones before I get bored. <laughs> um, but uh, when doing my grots, because there's so many of them, I've really leaned into doing everything in batches and mm. it makes things so much easier uh, to paint huge amounts. It's why I've currently painted 65 grots oh, that's smart. in the last like six Check, months. Get a load of this guy who paints the models he buys. 
I mean, I think I'm still not quite up to a uh, a positive in my bought to painted ratio for this year, <laughs> but I'm getting there. I'm quite close. I think I'm just shy of painting a hundred models this year, so the batch painting thing's working. So anyway, so nice. drama. What about you? Um, no, not really. Like I said, like I started painting my towel back when I yeah was scared of inks and you know the old school painting techniques of just you know you put your base coat on and then you highlight and dry brush and that was your techniques. Mm. So I've not, I'm because I've not started a new army for so long. Yeah, <laughs> I've not even yeah I've not I've never really used a wash, let alone bloody thick one thick coat. What do you call them things? Contrast. Um, yeah, or anything like that. So I'm quite looking forward to starting a new army at some point, just so I can try like a different <laughs> painting style. But yeah. until that point, I have not. I'm still. You know what school. you sh- you should honestly do if like you know finding time is difficult. You should just do a really high point low model count army. I know all about those. Like yeah, something like because Snipe has dread, you know, has done dreadnoughts or big mm. nids. Like something yeah. Yeah, akin yeah, yeah, yeah. to that would probably work out really well for you. Or even like yeah. my Eldar that are all you know the smallest models, barring like my HQ choices of Wraith Guard. So and then you've gone for a very simplistic kind of like statue aesthetic. Yeah, to make him a lot easier to paint. Mm. Like something like that would probably work out well well for you because then you wouldn't have to like worry so much about like spending the time of getting all the stuff done like yeah go for like a heavily themed something like help mm. you can make like a ghost army or something Ooh, Ooh, and then they army. wouldn't be there <laughs> yeah <laughs> make, it <laughs> models. make it like the uh the the ring bearer model that you could the, uh, what was it just like a base with a pair of footprints yes it? it was literally that they made that as a joke that's fantastic <laughs> um Excellent. so yeah but yeah no. okay next up wilbur Hello. Have any Name. of us read the Black Company series of books? No, no I have not. Nope. I've heard they're very good, though, because I think they're an Aaron Dembski Baden one. And oh, so, ADB yeah. is rad. And since he is a rad dude. He, uh, is, he, is, he is a bad dude. He's bad enough to save the Warhammer president. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's just really cool. Everyone should should follow him on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. he uses he uses a, a gif of me giving a thumbs up <laughs> as a, a affirmative statement to people, and it never stops being a little weird. But it's also <laughs> yeah, right. super awesome and hilarious. Yes. <laughs> um, second question: Going to college soon? Any advice for someone who's a bit apprehensive about having to you know, figure stuff out for themselves? Uh, so I assume they mean American style college, then. Okay. Uh, Presumably. Okay, what I'll say is um, always have a little bit of money put aside that you absolutely will not touch. Um, look on, like, go on uh, sub subreddits like Eat Cheap and Healthy. Um, there's loads of, like, uh, websites where you can just find quite easy to make recipes because, trust me, you need to have a varying in your diet. Because speaking as someone who's like basically lived like a clueless college student for a, for a long ass time, these are skills you desperately need to make your mm. life feel better. Because it's so it is so hard to do stuff, and like at like and also like just try and like try not to mix your drinks as, as <laughs> like because they will literally go like. Do you remember Penny Pint Nights? I have heard of these. these where it's mythical... just like, hey. Do you ever want to just fucking kill a bunch of college students? 
I will say one one thing unrelated to alcohol uh, is uh, if you require furniture, just go get it from a charity shop. They're great. Brand new furniture mm. is a con. It all costs it an so obscene outrageous. amount of money. Don't yeah. bother. Just go go to a charity shop. You can yeah. get I it. I mean, we just, we just got a sofa on FreeCycle, which is just yeah. people getting rid of perfectly good stuff for free. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if there's, an, you know, wherever you're, you're located equivalent, but... Mm. Yeah, there's there's always always ways and means. Yeah, so yeah, and just yeah, just mm. try and try and take t- like there's there's um I've heard some people refer to it as the two minute rule, which is if it takes you less than two minutes to do, do it. Like oh, my shoes are out there. See, I I love to try it one day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like if your shoes are hanging at like you know in the middle of the floor, it doesn't take two minutes to pick them up and put them back. It's a nice thing to have in mind and completely ignore a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, so with, with this all being kind of living alone thing, because neither of us went to university, um, do you have any specific advice, Matt, from someone who um, did go to university? I don't know. I do want to Wank say... Wank early well, and often. <laughs> my, my specific advice was I, before, I had a year before I, went to, before I went to uni, but I wanted to leave home because I was very ready to leave home and leave my folks. We get on great now, but like, you know, as a teenager and whatnot. Yeah. There is a lot um, of kind of like, you can like, love your parents, but you can't live with them. Yeah, and I was like very ready to leave and then it just didn't happen and I had to wait a year. So I was like, nope, okay. And what I did in that year was get into, and I don't recommend this, but, but, but just by being an idiot and not knowing what to do, I got into loads of credit card debt. And then in my last two or three months before I went to uni, I was just living off like, dry past like just pasta without sauce and things for like three months mm. while paying off credit card debt but it meant that since then and since going to uni i've been like really careful with money and i have like spreadsheets for everything <laughs> and it did wonders for me but i don't uh, recommend it yeah or everyone learn from matt's mistakes is the point mm. <laughs> yeah. also don't be afraid of shopping around yeah. Like if you can uh, get like one thing cheaper in one shop and then walk to another shop and get a thing cheaper than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also, just... don't worry too much about it. like no one's got it all figured out. Like no, and anyone don't suddenly who looks have like to sort out everything. A fucking liar. Yeah, no like, one knows what they're doing. It's like you'll encounter someone who looks like they have perfect like financial control, but then they like they won't be able to ever make or take phone calls. Like, there'll always be, like, a bunch of stuff. So, like, mm. people will look at you and go, dang, I wish I could do that. They've got it sorted mm. out. So, yeah, don't mm. don't fret too much, but just be aware that, you know, shit is tricky in the beginning, but you'll get a handle on it. Yeah. And, yeah, no, no one knows what they're doing. It's like, occasionally people ask us for advice about YouTube, and we go, <laughs> like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next up, Agent Sinister. First Hello. up, their favourite dinos are pterosaurs. Excellent, thank you very much. They are pretty badass. Well, actually, they're not dinosaurs. No, they're sauropods, but that's still really cool <laughs> and I like them. <laughs> they are rad shit. They're honorary dinosaurs. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. Um, their question, any advice for D&D players who are shit at maths? Calculator. I mean, honestly, in fifth, and fifth is pretty good. But, I mean, if you much? if you want to play like Pathfinder or like AD and D or something like that, um, I would say just ask for help. Just yeah. ask someone else at the table to like help you out. Yeah, or just have a calculator there, or just always both, have both is always good. have a piece of paper so you can write down numbers and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like no one should judge you for this, and you yeah. should. Yeah, hopefully yeah, no, you have a group who, who won't. Who can you know accommodate it? However, yeah. you, that needs to be. Like my like, maths is appalling. I'm, so I'm just I'm just good enough with maths to know that I'm shit at it. 
I, no. I am so bad at it, I know that I am horrifically bad at it. You, <coughs> you actually have an interesting um, relationship with it, which is that you will approach anything where you have to like do any kind of like long, kind of winded bit of arithmetic, and you will do it right the first time, but because you're so sure you're bad at it, you will then second-guess yourself and then come to the wrong answer. Mm. I also <laughs> have seen like how people with ADHD describe how they do things like that in their head, and I'm like, hmm... Maybe I should get that checked. <laughs> Maybe. Because I, I, like, mm. I'm old. I have everything wrong with me. <laughs> it's one of those, it's like, ooh, what shall I go get tested for today? Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but in general, uh, modern D&D isn't super heavy on it. Mm. Um, so it, Don't fret too much and don't let it get in the way of your enjoyment. And yeah, just get, get help from other players. And... and also on your character sheet, there is kind of room to do a lot of things so you can, like, you can put in kind of like, you know, what you need to What do. your multipliers are. Just make notes about the things you have to use a lot. Like, yeah. say if you have a character that, say, gets a, you know, a plus, a plus three from their general stat bonus to like to hit, and then a plus three from proficiency bonus, and then they get a plus one from a weapon that they're using, then you just make a note somewhere that, it you, plus seven. that it's plus seven. So yeah, you don't well, yeah, have just, to... You just, in your, like, attack box, it's just yeah. you just put down your one overall yeah. modifier, so you but... don't need to... I will say if you're like if you're still having trouble after that, which is completely fine. Yeah, just get other people to help out. Yeah, but it's it like D and D is very much a team effort. So you and know, if you're, you're not putting on anyone, if your other players aren't willing to help you out with that, then they're probably a bunch of dicks. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I guess a way around it. Just thinking as a DM and practically Hit wise, someone well, with a pencil case. If your DM can, it probably won't take too much time. But rather than saying, "Okay, you need a twenty for this." And then you roll the dice and add your modifier. The the DM could, if you tell the DM what your modifier is for, like, you know, your basic attack or whatever, your D and D, your DM could just be like, well, you need a, a thirteen for this on the dice, and you just yeah. roll the dice and hit that. Yeah, that'd be really that's, cool that's as well. Sort of, yeah, it's actually yeah. a good good idea. Yeah. Which is a bit of extra effort on the DM's path, but not that much, honestly. No, not really. I mean, all mm. they need is a copy of their character sheet. Yeah, exactly. Because so, I know that, like, some people, they, even when approached with a fairly simple, like, addition thing... It, it can, can be really overwhelming. It can be very overwhelming yeah. for people, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in, like, a setting where they're surrounded by people and it's like, you're trying to keep the pace yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah, like oh yeah. god, what's what's 7 plus 4? Uh, and it just, you know, even that can just <laughs> overwhelm people. Mm. And that's, like, mm. totally cool it can happen. Yeah, no, yeah. so just, yeah, like, yeah, just it's all good. You just, yeah, you just work it out, work it out with other people or try and find hmm. systems that will work for you to help make it as, make all the maths as simple as possible. Yeah, so it's yeah. easier to deal with. It's all with. good. Okay. Second to last question. Okay. A roll and bread. Hey, has bread. Snipe, has Snipe read any Junji? Oh yes. I've read a lot of Junji Ito. Yes. yes, you have. Well, I really like his I stuff. Think, I think you've actually talked at length about Junji Ito's fucked up shit on the podcast Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to hold Brett accountable for not listening no, to oh, every I wasn't saying, podcast. I wasn't saying that. How no, do you, Brett? No, I just meant, I just meant I'm pretty sure, because when you went through a stage where you were just reading through loads of it, I'm pretty sure I go through. I, I go it. through phases quite a bit. So, like, yeah, there was, like, a month where all, like, the only media I consumed, apart from, say, like, a couple of TV shows was like just Junji Ito manga <laughs> and stuff, but yeah, no, I need to get I need to get like reading some more because it's very good. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very last question from Sebastian. <gasps> Hello. Who the fuck is Miss Anthropod, and why is the podcast named after her? Oh, so, see, this is a this is a very <laughs> long and and beautiful story with many gulfs and valleys. 
um, along the the <laughs> the troubled highway of life. You see, this one time drummer Matt was. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. This one time. Oh, dr- you, you... This one yeah, time, I haven't heard this story, yeah, no. please. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. Because no, no, uh, I, I came up with the name, but I never told you where he came from. No, no, you didn't. Uh, please tell me. You see, this one time, uh, drummer Matt, uh, he came to me and he said, I've had the weirdest situation happen to me. Really peculiar. Um, you see, Which I went... Which is weird, because he was actually using words. Yeah, normally he just... Well, he did scream first, but you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he walked up to me and he said, um, I've had, just had the weirdest thing happen. Um... I just, I just walked into a woman and she started talking to me and we hit it off. And, and you know, we, we, we're like, you know, we're getting quite... Was this pre-Ruth? No, no, it's just, it's just, they're just friends. Okay, because like, he, okay, no, no. Man no. and woman can be friends. Yes. Um, and and they, they, they got talking and uh, he said, uh, and her name is uh, Miss Anthropod. And I said, that's not actually that strange. Um, it's a bit of a strange surname, but, um, but yeah. Um, and that was the story. No, her name is Anthropod. That's her full name. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. to college with the woman. I know. Oh, you know her I as well. I did actually know. Yeah, yeah. We were in art college together. Oh. She was, um, she was doing textiles while I was doing like uh, graphic design and, yeah. and digital art. So yeah, no, she's she's pretty cool. But yeah, no, she, she uh, just yeah. Yeah, it's not and actually a very interesting story. It's just no. it was strange that Matt framed it weird. I mean, especially because po- he like like he was like, oh, I met this this woman. She's really cool, and also she gave me a business card. And then he pulled up. He basically unravelled it. From his, like, around the head of his wee-wee. Because what he does when he gets mm. business cards is, like, he peels them like an apple back and forth. So it turns into this very long, connected, like, string of paper slash cardboard. He wraps it around and holds okay. it with, like, an elastic band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he's, like, the, the, basically he, he doesn't feel that um, he can properly absorb the knowledge on the card unless his pee-pee <laughs> turn purple. Yeah, uh, it's also why you sh- if you ever need an elastic band, you should never ask Matt. No, because like he uses these Good really advice. cheap, crappy ones that just crumble after like a little while. You know, they crumble of... very quickly given the circumstances. Mm. Let's just say uh, rubber does not do well in the situations he puts it in. No, get swampy down there. Yeah, swamp rubber. Mm. Yeah. They call him. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the actually not very interesting story. Yeah, it was really boring. Yeah. Actually, a nice one. Although Matt did also coincidentally eat a duck, um, like whole and live, uh, in that same day. Yeah, but so, he yeah. ate it like feet first. Yeah, <laughs> I still think of the screams. Yeah, I, the, the duck that screamed like a man. Yeah, you do. It's like, like, oh no, that yeah. poor duck. That's actually what it sounded like. That's what we're recording on my phone. Sorry, yeah. it might be a bit like tinny, but yeah. yeah, that's what it sounded like. Might sound exactly like you were yelling away from the microphone. It did, but that's what was so eerie yeah, about it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that was un- unrelated to the misanthropod uh, story, and we oh, just yeah. liked the sound of the name, so yeah. we used it for the podcast. Yeah, and then there was yeah. that time he used a, um, a a live lobster as a jock strap. Um, but I'll it, tell you what it, it was, was. It was. It was a like. It was, it was irresponsible, but it sent a message. It did. I mean, it, it achieved the goal. So I mean, to be fair, like, yeah, how else were you going to win that skiing competition? Am I right? <laughs> like, God, that was some garbage. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, like Rob Lobster was like super into it. He was cool. He like, he'd he'd been to college for like you know, like to to like study human anatomy and stuff. So he was really on board. Mm. I was actually quite impressed. I, I also Rob Lobster had a really good theme mm. tune. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's Rob, lobster. Yeah, 
Yeah. It was not what you'd think. No. Yeah, that was that was Which the joke. Actually, I, that was the that was the joke I was leading up to. I'm very, I'm very glad that you undermined my yeah. my one joke that I was yeah. going to say because nothing else I said here was actually funny. No, but um, that's why I'm here. So so I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm glad that you 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 took my hope of that maybe making one like like kind of input to this that was that was what positive and worthwhile and just just. Cast it to the wind. Yeah. Uh, in, in in front of me. Would you want to try again? I won't. I no, won't no, this time. no. Uh, I've 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 uh, taken the disappointment. I've internalized it. Um, it's it's a part of me now. Cool. Like that's probably not healthy though. You should uh, probably like get... the business cards. Yeah. Yeah. They're very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, ne- ne- if if Matt ever offers you a business card, don't take it because a it's not his. Yeah. No. No. That's the only reason. <laughs> and b you won't get that smell off your hands for days. No. <laughs> Uh, and we should also. It smells like teriyaki that's been stored in like an old cup of probiotic yogurt that has been like basically <laughs> kept in the coat of a glue sniffer at the bookies for three days. It's a very specific description, but if you smell it, you'll know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it yeah. just it, the planets align. Anyway, uh, the podcast is over now. You should all go mm. home. Yeah. Uh, I, yep. you, maybe you're listening to maybe you're listening to this not at home. In which case, you should. Maybe not go home. I don't know. Circumstances, don't go home. Circumstances vary. <laughs> that's a very specific threat. That was just because that sounds like we've basically recorded this podcast so we can get we can gain a lawful access to but one not person's for at least house. three quarters of an hour. And also, don't check it like in the fridge when you get back ever. Leave it for like forty-five minutes. Yeah, like a match in the fridge. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for watching. Thank you for your questions, and we shall return in a couple of weeks. Yes. Thanks very much, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.